It is a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. What a fun Monday. Yay! Everybody's having a good time. At least I don't have to eat all the Taco Bell in the studio. Glenn Clark, Griffin Bass with you till nooner. Noonish, somewhere around there. A lot to do on the program today. Um, so, look, I, I'll peel the curtain back for those of you that didn't uh, check it out over the weekend on social media. Indeed, uh, Griffin lost our side bet on picks this week. Now, I'd go through it right now, but we'll, we'll have to do that a little bit later. I just want to get it out of the way because I want to give Griffin the full amount of time with which to consume all of the Taco Bell food that's sitting in front of him. And most importantly, I'm realizing you need to consume that that frozen drink quickly yeah. because it's well, melting and that's not – that's cheating. All right? That's cheating. So you need to get after that. The rest of it, you can do it on your own pace. So for those that don't remember, last week there was this uh, viral moment on Fox something or other involving a guy named Scott Martin who alleged that his Taco Bell lunch cost $28, which everyone said was insane. He must have been in, uh, I guess, California or something, because when I put the put together the meal, it was only like 20, did you do, $24, $25. Did you do so the, I added, did so you, I, did I added you do nacho the, fries. Did you do the add-ons? Yes, I did do the add-ons. And it was still like $24. You know what I mean? So I added like nacho mm. fries, so that mm. brought me up to the $28. All right, so you got the $28. Yeah, yeah, I got the $28. $28 so. worth of Taco Bell food. So, and I was like, hell so, yeah, I'll so add nacho fries. Show me everything you've got in this bag. Taco Bell is not a sponsor of the program because no. I think this is disgusting, and I am really glad it ain't me. We got we got the uh, the the Baja Blast freeze. Okay, it's a large, correct? Was, That's what he ordered. It was. Sp- I ordered a large. It this, doesn't look I like know, a large. This does not look I'm like. I am mean, concerned. I ordered a large. I'm concerned. We got the one of the tacos. Okay, I mean, the, you, so there's a nacho cheese Doritos yeah, Locos. That's, that's what that was. This is the gordita, the cheesy gordita, cheesy gordita crunch. Yes. Doritos cheesy gordita crunch. Yeah, it looks pretty good. I'm sh- okay. God, I hate the fact that you're gonna enjoy this. I that's the part that bothers me the most about this. Because I would be in hell. There's our burrito with what guacamole. I burrito think? supreme with guacamole. Correct. Added to it. That was what that was. Next, yes. Here's the big boy, the nachos. This is the nachos platter, Bel Grande. Yeah, Bel Grande. With, now, were uh, peppers added to it? Yes, yes, they were. All right. They're All right. right. You see them? All right, there you go. Okay. And? And, and you said and, and then nacho fries, which are all over the bottom of the bag. So well, yeah, I mean, you got to consume them as well. I will. Twenty-eight dollars with a Taco it Bell, dog. It's not on me. You're the one who decided to go two and seven this week in picks. We'll get to it later. So um, you're I. What I hate about this. There you go. There you go. We don't. No, no, no. They don't need free advertising. I, I found that and I was like, I had uh, to the, use the it. point of this is this sounds like hell. I mean, like truly. I swear to God, I was. If you could have seen my reaction when uh, Teron Johnson came up with that interception to end the Bills-Chiefs game yesterday, it was like I had won a million dollars. I was so terrified, terrified about the idea of having to consume this much Taco Bell food. Like, for me, consuming any Taco Bell food at all sounds like hell. I mean, hell. I'm out. I'm over it. I can't do it any longer. But you're 20. 22, yeah. Correct. This this is in your bloodstream most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Now, it is a lot of food. Yeah. It's definitely not good for me. I, I There's no imagine. doubt that I it's not good it for you. Great. I believe somebody did the calorie count on um, this order. Hang on a second. Let's see if I can come up with that. 
$28 Taco Bell. I feel like I saw the internet had uh Here we go. Here we go. Calorie count on $26 with oh my, or $28 with Taco Bell is 3,300 calories. That didn't include fries. No, yeah, yeah. So I I have more. Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy. Do you have a strategy? I need you to, to work on the frozen drink first okay. because that will, it's going to melt. All right? And then again, that is cheating. Like it's got to be that you got you got to deal with a little brain freeze, you got to deal with a little mm, mm, yeah, there we go. That's that's just that's just gross. Yeah. Well, um, I I also I'm not a big what, soda guy. Like what you, is so what is, is your awesome. This is probably the worst part of it for me. Cuz you don't drink soda? Yeah, I don't drink soda. I don't drink soda either. <laughs> Uh, I would not have enjoyed that myself. I had to do that birch beer thing that one time, and it felt like hell. Um, what is your typical go-to when you go to the old uh, Taco Bell? Uh, I usually get a Crunchwrap Supreme and then okay. a couple tacos. So that's a lot of food, too. Yeah, it is. So you don't mind eating a lot of food? No, I don't. Ugh, I hate this. I hate this. All right, I need you to describe your, your feelings, describe your emotions <laughs> as you go about attacking this. Um, I, I, I guess we... Man, I wish we had a Micah here today because we should probably be taking pictures of all of this. Make sure that you're also taking some pictures as you progress. Um, and obviously there's the video portion of this, but it's not... Ah, damn. It'd be better if you were sitting somewhere where the food could be laid out on the table. Do me a favor. L- ah, lay the food... Ah, whatever. You'll be eating. People will see you as you're eating. Yeah. I, I, it's just important that we get progress updates because the way okay. the camera works. Okay. Maybe instead of you being on the camera... The Just camera the should food. be on the food. Or, or, oh, no, better idea. We have a third camera. All right. Let's put, let's go in the three shot today and let's put the third camera on the food, right? Okay. That works, doesn't it? Can't we do that? Yeah, it should work. We have nobody coming in studio today, so we could do that. The third camera will be on the food as Griffin attempts to um, consume his uh, $28 worth of Taco Bell during the course of the show. By the way, if you don't finish, you understand you have to do it all again tomorrow, right? Like, you got to keep doing it until. Is that, is that incentive to not finish? I mean, if you really want to keep getting twenty-eight dollars worth of Taco Bell food, like no, 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 I'm thinking you keep the, you just turn the camera towards where you are, right? Does that work? So they can, you can see. I mean, if it doesn't work, then put it there, sure. But if the camera can be on you where the food is, like we can make Griffin's food the name for the third can, or twenty-eight dollars worth of Taco Bell, the t- the name on the third camera. Yeah, I think that does work. Well, people, they'll be able to see the progress as you attempt to consume. The uh, twenty-eight dollars worth of Taco Bell, and we can figure out if this guy's a psychopath or not. I, but by the way, the fact that the guy sent out his receipt, like a lot of a certain type of people were like, "See, you you idiots in the media thought the guy was lying." Well, no, we we don't know if we thought he was lying as much as we think he's a psychopath. Like, you can order twenty-eight dollars worth of Taco Bell food. The question is, why? Why? Are you ordering $28 worth of Taco Bell food? Like, what makes you think that's a good way for you to spend your afternoon? And blaming it on inflation, uh, okay. I'm not sure how much this much food would normally cost. But again, I think you've identified the wrong problem in the process. I, I do believe that inflation is quite real. Don't get me wrong. And I'm very frustrated by it. But for this to be the thing that you're trying to hold up as, like, this is the problem with inflation is that my food's costing $28. Maybe not so much, Chief. Maybe it's the amount of Taco Bell that you're ordering. That's the problem. That might be the issue that you want to identify first. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a ridiculous amount for one person. 
I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why. But right now, it's still pleasant to you. Right now, yeah, this moment, five minutes in, or you're whatever. you're still having a good time hanging out, eating some Taco Bell. Yeah. So I need to know when it turns. I need to know at what moment it goes from this is pleasant to I'm no longer really having fun here. I'm re- what I hate the most about it is I genuinely get the feeling that at some point last night you were like, eh, kind of looking forward to it. Just get to hang out and eat Taco Bell all morning. Yeah, I, 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 hate I can't lie. I hate you that was so much. <laughs> I hate you so This, to me, was one of the most terrifying bets that I might have to pay off. Like, I would have rather consumed the, the mayonnaise pepper thing because at least it was just one sandwich and I can get it over with. The amount of food involved with this, oh, nightmare nightmare all right griffin will be uh consuming his uh his disgusting amount of taco bell throughout the course of the morning if you want to uh, play along at home all right uh today's show brought to you by <laughs> you want to play along at home like you can run out and get your own i mean i guess if you want to if you'd have to wait later in the day to watch the show or listen to the show but like if at like two o'clock today you're just like, hey, I got nothing to do. I'm gonna run out and uh, get some Taco Bell. Then you can consume all of this food along with Griffin as he listed to you everything that he got for his twenty-eight dollars. Today's show brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Same game parlay plus is now there. Like a lot of people might have had a rough day yesterday with the Packers and the 49ers and um, all the guys that I was on. Like that, that was the good news. I. Unfortunately, I didn't have a perfect week, but I did go 5-4. and four. We'll get to that later. Um, same-game parlay plus betting now available. You can bet both teams in a same-game parlay up to 25 legs in your same-game parlay bets now, which is remarkable. And you can still register your Super Bowl bets to win a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl, make a $25 Super Bowl futures bet, then register that bet at FanDuel.com slash SBNAZ in order to win. We'll talk more about the Ravens. Brandon Noble is going to join us, a former NFL defensive lineman. He was on the call again yesterday for Sports USA Radio. Uh, by the way, the last game that he did was the Bills game, correct? Yeah. Yeah, he's gone. He's, so, I mean, he's so, gone. so is so Eagle. Ryan and Charles. Yeah. Sorry. They're, they're out. No more. No more. I love them. That's my favorite crew. No more. Although we do get Kevin Harlan again this week, which makes me very happy. Um, not acceptable. We will. I. We will. We will catch up with Brandon Noble, get his thoughts. Eric Edholm wrote about the game for NFL.com. We'll check in with him. And Jeremy Kahn joins us as he does every Monday. What are you tackling next over there? What's, uh, I'm uh, going with the Dorito uh, Loco Taco. The Gr- Dorito Loco Taco. Now, what? I don't. I this is this is. I swear to God, how long it's been since I've been to a taco? Like sour Bell. cream, ground beef. What? Yeah. What is? To fix is it, it a regular? Lettuce. Is it a regular taco? Basically, it's just just it, with but, a, but with a Dorito with shell. a Dorito shell. Yeah. And which flavor? It's the nacho flavor or the yeah. So a nacho Dorito shell on just a regular taco. Actually, it looks like a Taco Supreme, doesn't it? Yeah, I thought I said that. that no, I, was, no, I don't know. I just it's said Dorito Loco Taco, taco Supreme. Dor- Dorito Loco Taco Supreme. And you, uh, I see you've gone with uh, some sauce here. Yeah, yeah, I'm throwing which, some hot sauce on. Which, which one? Just hot sauce. Just, just hot. Just hot. I'm kind of. I guess I'm kind of weak. Yeah. Lame. That's pathetic. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like you're not even doing it, loser. All right, uh, Griffin will continue to eat his Taco Bell throughout the course of the morning. Now, as far as yesterday is concerned. I'm I'm struggling for a few reasons. I feel like it's easy to make. By the way, you normally ate the like half the taco in one bite. <laughs> you really went at God. Griffin really was looking forward to this all morning. Damn it, I hate this. He's having no problem whatsoever. It's a good test. <laughs> I 
hate everything about this. Um, but, I, I mean, I think you're right. I think it's going to wear on me. I think at some point yeah. you're going to start struggling, but I'm starting to worry about when that might be because you are you are just getting after it. Like you are wasting no time. Like, dude, this might who knows? be who knows. Uh, I might be like the Ravens, where I start very strong. Oh yeah, and then and, <laughs> and then piss it all away. I'm also worried that you might become a twenty eight dollar Taco Bell lunch guy. <laughs> like that, it might be you and this weirdo Scott. Like, dude, I just like ordering twenty eight dollars worth of Taco Bell for lunch. What are you talking about? Once I go, once I once I get the twenty eight dollar meal, I can't go back. God damn. Um, a few things from yesterday. I don't have sweeping statements to make specifically about yesterday's game. I don't. Um, weird game. Lot going on. Penalties killer. Obviously, a, a couple of things that happened with Lamar Jackson. By the way, it took him all of three seconds to finish that taco. Um, a couple of things with Lamar Jackson at the end of the game were critical. When things, when when they needed control, when they needed things to settle down, it went the exact opposite way. Lamar made an unthinkable decision to, to just toss the ball up. And one of the things that we talked about a lot with Lamar is we get so used to superhero Lamar that we sometimes credit him for things that maybe he doesn't deserve credit for. Throws that he shouldn't be making off his back foot. We say, wow, it's amazing. Look at the power he generated. In fact, the one to Mark Andrews in the middle of the field yesterday was thrown across his body. Blew me away. There was a throw earlier that was incomplete that we all, including our buddy Eric Edholm, marveled at. We were like, wow, how in the hell did he get that ball downfield? But the amount of risk that's involved with throws like that is overwhelming. And at some point, when you are backpedaling and just chucking a ball downfield, you are asking for something like that to happen. He gets intercepted, gives the Giants a very short field, which they are then able to turn around and punch in for the go-ahead touchdown. But even then, you get the ball back, two minutes left, all your timeouts, and Lamar Jackson, you should be winning that football game. Period. Like, you should be the team that if we just get the ball last, we're going to be good. That wasn't the case. Second down, strip sack, game over. So, so what's wrong with the Ravens? Well, what we're feeling is the totality of what's wrong with the Ravens. What we're feeling is three blown double-digit second-half leads. The totality of it is why we're panicked, why we're losing our minds, why we think somebody should be fired, or why Lamar should... Whatever we're screaming about today is because we're feeling overwhelming about the totality of it, that this has now occurred three times this season. Albeit all against good teams. But three times, the Ravens have had double-digit second-half leads and have lost the football game. And that feels overwhelming. It feels like something is truly broken about this football team. Is it the same thing that happened in all three games? Not at all. Not remotely. Defense played pretty well against the Bills. Didn't play well against the Dolphins. Mixed bag yesterday. Ravens couldn't run the ball at all against the Dolphins. Couldn't run the ball to save their life. Yesterday, everybody was screaming that they didn't run the ball enough. Penalties, almost out of nowhere, became a major bugaboo for the Ravens yesterday. A couple of the games, we've now had snap issues with a new center. Not great. Yesterday, more on him than the first one was. The first one was more on Lamar. 
Even had Justin Tucker missed field goal yesterday. I get it from an extraordinarily long distance, but we're used to Justin Tucker making those. It's a little bit of everything, and that's the difficult part about this. It's not easy to say this one thing is the reason why the Ravens are in the position that they're in. It, it would be nice to be able to say this one thing. It would make my job much easier if I could just say, hey, I can, I can figure this out. Here's what's going on here. But I can't. I don't know. I don't have easy answers to explain what's going on. Today at PressBoxOnline.com, I will offer my column, as I am wont to do. And my column will assess what I think is the closest thing I can come up with to a theme. And that's that I, I struggle with whether the Ravens have an identity. I don't know what they're supposed to be. I don't know when they're at their best what they do. And what I worry is that the answer is the only identity the Baltimore Ravens have is Lamar Jackson. And if Lamar Jackson is otherworldly, the Ravens have the opportunity to win, even when they play good teams. If he doesn't, they're not going to be capable of doing it. Or it's going to be very difficult. Again, he didn't play otherworldly last week against the Bengals, but they were able to figure out a way in a close game that, to be fair, they nearly blew. I worry that there's no identity for this football team. In the offseason, it was easy for me to say, look, I think the answer is they're trying to be the 2019 Ravens again. We talked about it ad nauseum here. Based on the decision that they made to keep Greg Roman as offensive coordinator, and the fact that they did nothing, that the only thing they did in the wide receiver department is they, they made their team worse, those two pieces of evidence suggested the Ravens said, we want to go back to being the 2019 Ravens. We want to double down and just be the team that runs and runs and runs and runs and runs and runs some more. And so based on that, I, I sort of judged the entirety of the conversation. When, when the columns are written earlier, the Stephen Ruiz of the world, hey, the Ravens are asking Lamar Jackson to do too much. Uh, okay, but that's because they don't have their running backs. They get their running backs back, maybe they want to be this team. I don't know what they want to be. That's the part that's like I'm really struggling with now. I don't know what the Ravens think they're supposed to do. The answer from them would be, well, we just want to win games. However, we got to win games. Okay, but there's got to be a strategy for that. Are you the team that thinks that you're supposed to be winning games by scoring 40 points? Because if you are, why didn't you go get football players this offseason? Why would you make your offense worse from a playmaker standpoint if you wanted to be a team that was scoring 40 points? If you want to be a team that's dominant on the ground, I guess the question that everybody's asking from yesterday would be fair. Why is it that on a day where you were running the football, you got down to the five-yard line and stopped running the ball? No, I'm, as I said yesterday on uh, 105.7 The Fan, it's very difficult for me because I get it. Even on a deflected ball, Mark Andrews had the ball in the end zone and didn't catch it. I get it. It's, it's difficult. The ball's going one way. It goes a different way. It kind of catches up on you. I'm not, I'm not mad at Mark Andrews for it, but 
I don't know that they were more likely to score than a ball that hit Mark Andrews in the hands in the end zone. And on third down, that should have been a pass interference on the drive that ultimately ended up as a field goal. But the, the question is fair. They were running the ball successfully yesterday. I know some of those numbers were aided by a 30-yard touchdown run in which the Giants, for whatever reason, had 10 guys on the field. So, you know, there's that. If they want to be a team that runs the ball and wants to be like 2019, then it's a fair question. I can't shake that. It's a reasonably important question. If they wanted to be a team that scores a ton of points and is the Lamar Jackson show, why didn't you go get football players? Why didn't you give Lamar Jackson the best chance to be that guy? And we can talk about Robbie Anderson. We can even talk about DJ Moore. I, I, if that's what your identity is supposed to be, I would say it's not too late to try to do something about it. It can't just be, well, Rashad Bateman will be back soon. Well, can you guarantee that he'll be on the field for every game? You're extraordinarily thin at the position. I worry that the Ravens have no identity. That's what I worry about. I worry that they don't have a true identity. That it's just sort of get by. And really that the identity is have Lamar Jackson be Superman. And if he is, we're in great shape. If he's not, we're in trouble. And he wasn't yesterday. He wasn't against the Bills. He wasn't last week either. It's three weeks where he really hasn't been Superman. And I get it. We're talking about an insanely high standard that we're asking from for Lamar Jackson. But I don't know what the other path is right now for the Ravens to win. And without a true identity, I, I don't know that you can think that you have a great chance of winning a Super Bowl if the answer is always just, well, hopefully Lamar Jackson will be a magician today. I bet he will be a lot because he's Lamar Jackson. I bet there'll be a lot of those days where he's just pure magic. But to think that you can get that every week or that that's enough to go win a Super Bowl? I don't know about that. I don't know about that. All right, today's show is brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. You can reserve yours right now, ginsugrills.com. Use the code TAILGATE and save $100 on your order. It's the perfect ceramic tailgate or home grill for searing, grilling, baking, and smoking all kinds of food. Uh, Ravens back home this week, so stop by the game day firehouse, Firefighters Union Hall, just west of the stadium at 1202 Ridgely Street. Try some food, get some samples from the Ginsu Kamado Grill, and enter to win your own plus $500 worth of grilling meats. Uh, Brandon Noble's about to join us. Griffin, how how we doing? What's the update? Uh, I feel good so far. So I'm you about ate, to, you about to the do one, the, the cheesy gordita. You're going to do the cheesy gordita next? Yes. And then you, how are you and doing with the frozen drink? Is I'm that... almost finished the frozen drink here. Okay. You're make sure bad. before it melts. Make sure you. Right. that's very important. That's right. very important. Then you can go get some water or something to help with the rest of it. But you, you can't. All right. Thank you. I can't let you cheat on this. Griffin, of course, this morning is eating his $28 Taco Bell meal during the course of the show. <laughs> Um, to uh, pay off the bet, and unfortunately, I think he's having a the time of his life doing it, and I truly hate that because it would have been hell for me. I wonder if this man's ever consumed twenty eight dollars worth of Taco Bell. He is a former NFL defensive lineman, uh, and unfortunately, he's now going to be banned from radio bro- uh, Ravens radio broadcast. I'm sorry, it's just the way it goes. We can't when when you notice a trend, 
You have to step in and do something about it. Brandon Noble, I'm so sorry, my friend. I might have to say you're never allowed to do another Ravens radio broadcast this season. I think that is fair, and I would not have my feelings hurt about it. Um, I would completely understand. Um, yeah, I mean, look, that, that was, you know, that was a that's who the Ravens are this year. You know what I mean? I mean, it, yep. it's it's crazy. I mean, I, I I watched that game yesterday, called that game, and it wasn't pretty. You know, it wasn't on either side of the ball. But you kind of watch it, and you go, all right, like the Ravens are kind of in control. It felt like they were controlling it. The Giants didn't look great. They couldn't establish the run. I thought the Ravens in the first half did a great job against Saquon Barkley. And 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 then all of a sudden, like this kind of like, you know, 2022 Ravens thing showed up where they just the, – the, the second half and the fourth quarter, they fall apart. Um, I, I am – I'm struggling because I just said I don't know what the Ravens' identity is, but to your point, that kind of is the Ravens' identity at this point. That's It's the way it works, unfortunately. Like, it's in your DNA now that – we saw Marlon Humphrey very frustrated after the game, getting very, you know, short and, and you know, almost jerkish responses in the postgame press conference. Like, I, I don't know what this looks like inside a locker room, so you can tell me more, Brandon, but I feel like at some point – you can say the right things and say, hey, this doesn't affect us and we're back to work and we're ready for the Browns, but how do you shake that this is part of who you are? Well, I, I do think – well, it's tough it, because, look, losing does become a habit, right? And, 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 it, and this, is the, this is a franchise that doesn't lose a lot or has not lost a lot. And so I do think that this is there, – there's got to be some sort of concern when you see this pattern of being up by double digits and then losing – you know, half of your games, uh, and 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 it can become a, it can become one of those things that subconsciously ends up in your head as a player. Like, ah, oh, here we go again. You know, I mean, you can that that's a real thing. Now, does it always affect you? Does it always mean you lose the game? No, but you will definitely sit there on the sideline and go, uh oh. You know, what I mean, like, here we go. We got you know they got us right where they want us. Right, we're winning by twenty points. So. It's, uh, you know, it, it's a challenge, and, and it's going to be a challenge for them to see if they can pull themselves out of it. I think the, the tough part is you, you look at the Ravens preseason, Lamar Jackson, like you, you go, okay, here's an MVP candidate, you know, former MVP. This is a team that should contend in the AFC. And right now when you look at, you know, the, the two real contenders in the AFC, you know, the, the Ravens are not, you know, they're not in that mix to me at all right what specifically do you feel like this is again the other issue that i have when we try to dissect this is i watch the ravens these three games they've blown and i say it's not one consistent issue it's not like i can say the defense just stinks or the secondary is just awful the secondary was was horrendous in the miami game but i don't think the secondary was the story yesterday i mean marcus peters committing the foul in the end zone obviously was critical but i don't think they were awful um, you know, they couldn't run the ball at all against Miami, and that conspired. Yesterday, all they could do was run the ball, right? Like, right. I, you know, there were the fourth down decisions against both Miami and Buffalo, but that wasn't the story yesterday. Like, it's not like there's one consistent thing that we could say, here's the Ravens' problem, here's why they're blowing these games, they need to go out and get an edge rusher, they need to go out and get a cornerback, that'll solve all of this. They've been so different that it's hard for me to pinpoint how to define why it is the Ravens have blown three second-half double-digit leads this season. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's, a, that's a great point. And, and I think that that's kind of when you look at the, the body of work this year, right, that is, that is the challenge that the staff has is like, you know, how, how do we fix this thing 
Um, because there are moments where they go, holy smokes, like these guys are amazing. And then you go, man, like what just happened? Well, you know, what, what did I just watch? And, and a lot of that is, you know, again, without being able to say like, Hey, we need this or we need that piece. It's, it's attention to detail, right? It's practice habits. It's being prepared. Um, it's, it's those kinds of little things, you know, football's not complicated. It's detailed. That's one of my favorite sayings in the game. I use that. I'm a high school defensive coordinator. You know, I use that here. I used it when I was a division one football coach. I love that saying, right? It's, 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 it's not complicated. It's detailed. And the devil's in the details. And details are not lining up in a, in an illegal formation. That's, it's right? unbelievable. They're, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Right, they're, they're, yeah. They're, they're not, you know, and then, and then for some, like, I was literally eating a cookie and that ball was snapped and I, and all of a sudden Lamar Jackson's running around and throwing an interception. Like the, 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 the exchange, right? A, an unprepared quarterback or an early snap by the center, right? You just go like, there's this like series of events where they just kind of lose their focus. Um, and a lot of that is something that comes from how you prepare and how you, how you, um, you know, your attention to detail and practice. So, so those are, those are things that are – the good thing is those are things that are fixable. Um, you know, the bad thing is those are also things that can become part of, like you said, your DNA, part of the, 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 the kind of your belief system, the way that you feel about the team. Somebody's going to mess up, right? Something's going to happen. Um, it's I mean, it's, it's got to be extremely frustrating to be a Ravens fan right now. I'm sure it is even, believe it or not, more frustrating to be it. in that locker room and be in this situation because they are – they have a talented football team at certain positions. They're lacking at others. They're injured, and they've been in every game, and they've they've beaten every team for at least a half. You know what I mean? And and so to be three and three, and especially look, I, I watched that Giants team yesterday, and I was like, man, like these guys are not a four and one football team, and like they walk out of there five and one. You know, like it's just like it, it was so hard to wrap my head around that game yesterday. And the way that it unfolded, but but the, you know, like Parcell says, right? Your record is who you are, and they're five and one, and the Ravens are three and three. That's the reality. That is the reality. Although, again, the advanced statistics, the DVOA, it still says the Ravens are one of the best teams in football, and I get it. Like that, yep. numbers wise, they 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 should be, but the record says they definitely are not. Brandon Noble is with us. He was on the call for Sports USA Radio yesterday. Um, Brandon, a couple of things. One. It, it's the one thing that's very difficult for me to dismiss is that when Rashad Bateman got hurt, Lamar Jackson started looking really human again. Um, we go back to that Buffalo game that right up until the point where Rashad Bateman got hurt, Lamar Jackson looked like an MVP candidate, right? Then yeah. this, the, the second half of the Buffalo game, the last two weeks, he has looked pedestrian at times, not good at all. And I'm not trying to make an excuse for it because there's no excuse for him chucking the ball up the way that he did in that situation. Like, no quarterback in the – Dan Orlovsky couldn't be doing that in his career, right? Like, <laughs> no – and no offense to Dan, who's a great guy, and we like him. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like, but like, nobody can do that, and there's no excuse for it. But, I, again, I don't know how surprised we can be that the Ravens' offense doesn't look the same when they came into the year with one qualified wide receiver, and that one, and, and again, we're kind of squinting to make him a qualified wide receiver, and and that guy got hurt. I don't know that we can be stunned by this. Um, I, I know we like to believe that quarterbacks all make wide receivers better, but throughout the history of football, the proof is the exact opposite thing, which is the quarterbacks are typically about as good as the wide receivers that are around them. I, I don't... I, 
I don't. I guess I'm not really making a question as much as I'm grandstanding here. But like, how much of an impact <laughs> do you think it is that they don't have Rashad Bateman? And should the Ravens kind of be desperately looking towards the trade market to try to find some help at this point? Oh, I, I 100% agree with you. I, I think that, that that is a huge issue. Right? They they have, you know, Kenyon Drake showed up yesterday ready to play football. Mark Andrews, always ready to play football. That tight end group, right, you know, with, with Lively, the rookie out of Coastal Carolina, you know, that, that tight end group looks really talented. But there is no one out there on the field. You know, Duvernay, I guess, would be the next guy besides Bateman. But you just go, they don't have any real weapons for, for Lamar Jackson besides handing the ball off, throwing it to Andrews, or running it himself. And, and that does make a difference. Like, I'll just flip that over. When you look at the first half, Daniel Jones threw the ball to all of his wide receivers, and they all dropped it. Right. Right? And in the, sec- in the second half, all of a sudden, his wide receivers, when it really mattered, not the whole second half, but when it really mattered, those guys caught the football. Mm-hmm. On some third and six, third and eight, third and 13s, he was able to throw the football where it was supposed to be and those guys caught it. And you could see him start to play better, right? He started to play better. The offense started firing a little bit more. All of a sudden, the run game got going, right? Like, it is we, – we have this tendency as, as football fans or the media to put so much on the quarterback. It is a team game. It is beyond maybe hockey's the last team game, right? Like, it is all 11 guys, all 22 guys that win or lose football games together, quarterbacks there's a handful of guys like Tom Brady Aaron Rodgers guys like that that can get but look at Aaron Rodgers he looks awfully human right now too so did Tom on on Sunday correct but but if you don't have people around you you cannot win this football game uh, game. you you can't and so like and you have to have all the pieces to be really good to be a Super Bowl contender I think when you look at the Bills you look at the Chiefs Right, I mean, look, even the Eagles right now, you know, in the NFC, yeah, they they've got all the pieces. Yeah, they went out and got AJ Brown when they already had Devonte Smith. Like they, they said, we're loading up. Like we're going to do everything yep. in our power to give just or Jalen Hurts the best opportunity to be great this season. Yep, and that's exactly. And Jalen Hurts is not as talented as Lamar Jackson. Right, not even close. Right, definitely doesn't. Have, I mean, look, he's a, he's a good football player. I, look, I live in the south. I've told you, I live up here. Yep. He's a good football player, and, and he, he's a guy that you can win, obviously win football games with. But you've got to have weapons around him. It's funny, my son Connor, who's a 21-year-old, and he, he played some college football. He was at Temple, and he's transferring this year. But he went to the game with me yesterday, and we were driving home. And he was like, you know, how do you – kind of the same question, right? You know, like, you know, you look at the quarterback position. He goes, if you were starting a team, you know, would you, want to, would you rather have a great quarterback or a great team? And then, and then a, you know, a game manager, a terrible term. Right, but like a guy like that, like to me, I'm a little old school. I think that you build the team, and then if you can't find that great one, you put somebody in there that just doesn't make mistakes. Um, they need to put some weapons around Lamar. That's it. End of story. They and it needs to be a receiver, right? They've mm-hmm. got tight ends. Mm-hmm. They've got they've got running backs. Has to be a receiver or two. To, to push this offense over the edge. I, I'm skeptical about whether or not the Panthers really are willing to trade DJ Moore. I mean, at this point, they would give you Robbie Anderson probably for, you know. Like we yeah, could, we, we'd probably right we'd say, hey, Brandon will be willing to call come, come call some games for you. And they'd be like, all right, cool. You can have Robbie right. Anderson for that. <laughs> um, and I'm not saying I'm opposed to Robbie Anderson, by the way. Like, it's that, that's right. where we are in Baltimore is that yeah. it's hard to be opposed to anything. But I think to your point, the Ravens really need something special. And if there is a world in which, you know, DJ Moore could be available and it costs you like a, a premium, I 
I don't know what you're doing. I don't. I, I to me, you have to be willing to pay that type of price, and you can be, yeah. you know, regretful about decisions you made in the past about other guys that were available that you didn't go after at certain prices. I just, it's it is really difficult for me to try to dismiss how empty that room is as far as. You know, I think they were getting two yards of separation yesterday. Um, it, oh, yeah. It's brutal watching yep. what it is that you're asking Lamar Jackson to do with the group of guys that you're trying to ask him to do it with. Yeah. yeah you, you need, like I said, you need the full complement, right? You know, tight ends, great weapons, backs, great weapons. But you, you need the full complement. You need at least one very good receiver that can stretch a defense out. You need another guy that can be a great possession guy, right? But you need to be able to create separation on obvious passing downs, right? And that's the key, right? It's, it's, hey, when we have to get the third and 13, when we have to get the third and five, whatever it is, right? Like, I've got to have a guy out there that says, I can, I can get that. And, and Lamar has to feel comfortable with that guy. So it is. I mean, look, there, there's definitely some parts, you know, as we've kind of talked through this, that are putting them in the position that they're in. You know, and, and offensively, right, the ability to kind of sustain over the course of a full 60 minutes, they don't have a key component, which is a, a go-to right. wide receiver. Yep. That's the reality. That's the reality. And I'd be willing to pay a lot for it in order to get it. Um, uh, Brandon, just one last one on the Ravens. I, how much of this falls on the coaching staff? Like, the, the penalties yesterday to me are the thing that I just can't get up. Patrick Ricard had two false st- – how does that happen? What? How does so, okay? So I actually have the answer to that. Okay. So the the, 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 the false starts the, the the false starts on Ricard and on Moses. Yes. All right. So this was so the, the New York Giants did something. I've seen a couple teams in the NFL do it this year. It's pre-snap movement by the D line, right? So the defensive line will line up in one front, right, where everybody is in a gap. We'll call it an over front, which means the three technique is to the tight end. Okay. And as the quarterback, as the quarterback is in his cadence, someone, whether well, it's usually a linebacker because D linemen aren't smart enough to do it themselves, um, they, <laughs> and and they go and someone, someone, and it comes from an old nose guard, right? I know. That's a someone will yell. Someone will yell, move. And when they yell, move, the entire D line very quickly and sharply moves to another defensive front, right? And when it when that happens during a cadence, that can create the visual cue that, hey, we're going, huh. right? And, and, and that, that literally is what happened yesterday four times. I watched it happen. Um, and, again, I'm not excusing it, right? Like Ricard and Moses both need to be professional football players. If they go, oh, the D-line is stemming. I shouldn't move when they move. But when it's done right, and especially if you get a guy that kind of snaps that move call and makes it sound like, like the cadence, which would definitely be illegal. It's kind of like a rub route, right? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you know, like we're, we're yelling move. It's legal. Um, you know, we're just telling the D-line to move. So, so, and then they all move. So that is exactly what happened on those, the four that I can think of. The two on our card, and I think Moses had two also, okay. was pre-snap movement by the D-line. Now, the other penalties, right, the illegal formation, you know, some of those other things, right, that is definitely – and even and look, even that is coaching, right? You know what I mean? It is. It, it's and it goes back to attention to detail. It comes back to practice. It comes back to your your Monday through Saturday routine is what shows up on Sunday. How would you do with a if you were given a twenty eight dollar Taco Bell meal today, uh, Brandon Noble? How would you how would you handle that? Would you be able to scarf um, 
I got we got uh, two tacos, a burrito, uh, nachos, and he's doing uh, some fries as well. Would you be able to scarf all that down in an hour? Absolutely. Yeah. No problem. Yeah, I figured you got man your size. This wouldn't even be a challenge for you. You just sort of be like, no, I, I feel like that. Yeah, that that's a snack. Right yeah, there. yeah, Absolutely. an appetizer. Yeah, that's what I was afraid of. Griffin's not quite your size. <laughs> if, if it was like, yeah, if it was like three o'clock in the morning, it would be no problem. Right, and so that's but, the other uh, thing. So, so young Griffin, my producer, he's also like twenty-two years old. So, like, this is basically yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like it's his blood type is actually Taco Bell. Like it's a really right. weird thing. Yeah. Like he was at the hospital and they're like, hey, what's your blood type? And he was like, fire sauce. <laughs> said, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Fair okay, enough. I would definitely pay for it later, but I could do no it. Doubt. No doubt about no it. No doubt. Uh, what's, your, uh, what's next up for you? I've got uh, – so this week I'm going to take my broadcaster's curse down to Tennessee. Okay. Um, and I've got the, the Colts and the Titans. And then after that, I've actually got – which is really kind of crazy. I've, in the four or five years that I've been doing this for Sports USA – I've never called a New York Jets game, so I've got the Patriots at the Jets. No, that seems in very interesting weeks, so. all of a sudden. Yeah, very, very interesting. Very game. interesting. No yeah, doubt, yeah I'm, I'm kind of excited about it. Yeah, I'm kind of excited about it. And you guys will be excited to know that I do not have the Ravens oh, on the calendar oh, at this point. Thank God. I will give you a heads up. Yeah, yeah, if, it, if Sports it, USA wants to put me on it, I will tell them no. It'll have to be probationary at this point is the way that we're going to have to look at it. <laughs> at bnoble75 on Twitter is how you follow him. Dude, I always love it when we have these conversations, man. I wish they were after some Ravens wins, but hopefully that'll come in the future. Let's do it again soon. Thank you for taking the time for us. Sounds good, brother. Appreciate it. Brandon Noble joining us here on GCR um, after he was on the call for Ravens-Giants yesterday on Sports USA. Uh, hey, just a quick reminder, you're going to hear the promo for the Tyus Bowser show. If you have, if didn't hear and you're wondering, hey, where is it tomorrow night? We have to take this week off. I'm sorry. Don't blame Tyus. It's not his fault. He was available, ready to go. This is on Rita and I. We're not. We're not available tomorrow night, and there's just no real way to move the show to another date. So we're just taking this week off. We will be back on November 1st, I promise, and you'll hear all about that here in a second. Um, but no Tyus Bowser show this week, and it's not. Do not blame Tyus. This is not him being like, oh, we lost. I don't want to go back out there. None of those things. Rita and I, on us. Rita's in L.A. She took the weekend off, went out for a trip. I got a soccer match I'm working tomorrow night. We're just not available, and we couldn't get the date moved, so it's what it is. All right? No Tyus show this week. We come back in. We'll get an update on where Griffin is. It seems like he's... He might not need two hours to finish all of this. He might also be able to finish this in an hour. Um, and we'll go over uh, at least picks, and maybe we'll do um, uh, slaps of the helmet here as well. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back for season two of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. Or is it Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 1057 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at Pressbox online.com slash bowser the next tyus bowser show is tuesday november 1st at the hamilton sports bar and grill 5506 harford road it's brought to you by maryland vascular specialists and the all-new ginsu kamado grill Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fendel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Glory Days Grill's Oktoberfest menu is now running. It's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year. It features the chicken schnitzel, the Oktoberfest brewer's platter, the brewer's sausage sandwich, the Bavarian burger with a pretzel bun, the cheddar ale soup, the slam dunk pretzels, and the apple cobbler. All of these meals pair well with Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft. Dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites take home. Glory Days Grill. Great food. Good sports. Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at pressboxonline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest. And I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue on a Monday edition of the program. Today's show also brought to you by the print issue of Pressbox. Wednesday is the date where we're switching things out. So you got two more days, two more days to go get this one with Mark Andrews on the cover. And then on Wednesday, the new issue with Kevin Willard's hits news. Did I say Kevin Willard's? Kevin Willard hits newsstands, and you'll be able to go get that at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox, or read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. Uh, quick update, Griffin. Where uh, are we at? So I'm going to go with the nacho platter So thing what have you now. already consumed? Uh, both of the like handheld taco things. They're already so gone. So like, yes. All right, are. so you still have the burrito? The burrito and the nachos. Which and I what think about this the fries? Is, the fries oh, gone? Oh, yeah, the fries were gone. Fries and are gone. In seconds. Frozen drinks gone. Just about, yeah, about a little bit of Two tacos. I mean, you better, yeah, you better you take that lid off, and you better suck that down, bro. Um, so two tacos gone. Frozen drink almost gone. Fries are gone. You still yes. have the nachos, and I think the nachos. I think these are probably made the toughest because the because the the, the the chips are pretty soggy already. Mm, so right this, now, I this think will now be you the least you you got all this last night, correct? I, I got it this morning. I got you it got it this morning? Yeah. You can get Taco Bell. Yeah, they can yeah. get like lunch I went food. To, so I went to the one on Lock Raven right down the street here. Did you prearrange and, this with them or? Uh, no, I did call them last night. I was like, "Is your full menu available all day?" And, really? Uh, and they were like, "They were like, oh yeah." And I was like, all right. Uh, how about that? <laughs> so this was this was just before the show. You got yes, this. yes. All right. So got around not like nine, nine fifteen. Not nearly that bad. All right. I mean, it's still Taco Bell food. No offense. No offense. Um, so you're going after the nachos next. All right. Correct. And so far, you're still feeling good. You're still. Are you still enjoying yourself? Because at the beginning of the day, you were having a yeah. good time. Yeah. 
Yeah. You're still... In- yeah, I'm still enjoying myself. It's, no. that, that was a more reluctant... We'll see. Yeah. Well, because the, nacho, the nachos are... Uh, they're definitely the... Show the camera. <laughs> Show the camera the nachos. Show the... Yeah, they don't... That does not look appealing in any way. Like, that's... By the way, as a country, we've needed to have a nachos conversation. Like... Most places you go, nachos are a bunch of gloop on top of a handful of chips. Like, nobody's really doing nachos a correct way. That's why, to me, I'm a more of a tachos man myself, right? Like, lay out a plate of tots and then put all the same toppings on top of them. We'll go that way. Uh, Griffin's uh. eating his uh, $28 worth of Taco Bell food this morning because he lost. What did he lose? He lost our side bet and picks this week. Let's go over it right now. Picks recap. Brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. <clears throat> Not a gr- Oh, boy. Hello. Hello. Not a great week for anyone this week, but um, again, Griffin, for whatever reason, the moment there's something at stake... I- Griffin, I just Griffin really is the Kirk Cousins <laughs> of our picks contest. Like, if nothing's at stake, if it's just an average Sunday afternoon 1 o'clock game, Griffin's good, man. He can make some picks. The moment there's something at risk, he becomes that Donald Trump meme. Like, turn the lights off! Turn them off! 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 That's Griffin. The moment he goes under the bright lights. By the way, you are getting after it on the nachos as yeah. well. You are not messing to, around today. Yeah, I want to get a good one. With the nachos, I do want to get it over with. Uh, Maryland, Indiana was our first pick of the week, and none of us, we were all on Maryland now. Again, what to make. The truth is, things weren't going well before Talia Tungavailoa got hurt. Like, they just did not play well against Indiana on Sunday. This is one of the, the problematic themes of Maryland is they have scored on every first drive of the season. They come out every game looking tremendous. It's like from somehow from their scripted plays to when they go off script, things aren't quite the same. Now, ultimately, they handled their business. Roman Henby had a great game. <clears throat> Billy Edwards contributed with his feet after he came into the game replacing Tilia Tungavailoa. I, look, obviously, this becomes a major story for Maryland. I guess the word is we're going to get an update today um, because there was going to be an MRI, and Maryland would know more at that point. Of course, if you search... Tungavailo on Twitter, you're going to get something else entirely because, you know, there's another guy with the same name that people are a bit more invested in around the country. Um, we're supposed to get an update after the MRI. It Obviously, it did not look good. Um, the word was he was still in the locker room, however, celebrating with the guys afterwards. So maybe it wasn't as bad as no, it, it appeared to be it did not look good it did not uh, like, look good or they just knew it was so bad that like all right well you know you're going to have to have surgery so that's yeah. that um you know, nothing we can do at this point you got to go have surgery i i it it seems like it's unlikely <clears throat> i don't want to say too much i don't want to say too much cuz i don't know i'm just speculating but certainly in that moment it looked like we saw the last of talia tungavailoa the question at that point becomes, you know, was he hell-bent on going to the NFL this year? Do those plans change? Does he decide to take his fifth year because of the, you know, like those become the questions. And and it really puts a damper on what you believe 
the the high end could be for Maryland this season. The good news, they already have five wins. There are opportunities in front of them for them to get a six, get bowl eligible. If Billy Edwards has to play the rest of the year, you're just really hard-pressed to believe that Billy Edwards can go back, win the next two games, get them to Penn State, and give them a chance to beat Penn State to make the Ohio State game interesting. It's hard to imagine that there is a scenario by which that could happen. But um, such is life. My God, you know, the fact that Leah played the entirety of last season was a miracle. Uh, Maryland football fans all too familiar with the story of losing a quarterback. We'll see how that plays out. But all of us missed that point. Uh, we were all on Michigan, which was good because they crushed Penn State 41-17. to They are just running the ball and running the ball and running the ball some more right now. They are dominant on the ground. Um, John Proctor, Kyle Ottenheimer, Andrew Stecka all went bold, took Tennessee. Not only did they cover, obviously, they won outright in one of the more thrilling games in recent memory in college football. Um, uh, knuckleball last-second field goal that goes through after Alabama had missed a field goal that would have given them the lead. Uh, pandemonium in Knoxville. Now they're asking fans to pay know, for replacement mean. uprights, which is a really weird bit. You I see mean, the video of their president smoking the cigar in a – you know, we'll pay for all of it. And like, what a weird bit that is. Like, I, th- th- there's a weird place where there's something to be said for it. Like, hey, you guys came and did this. Like, maybe you offer to help out, but like, yeah, dude, n- no, you're the University of Tennessee. You're extraordinarily wealthy. Just get get some new goalposts. Now, if you wanted to say, hey, we'd like to make a charitable thing out of this, that's one thing. But just to ask people to pay for your goalposts, like, come on, man, what is that? Um. But a good point for Proctor, uh, Kyle, and even Stecka as they were on Tennessee. Speaking of Stecka, he was the only one who joined me on the New York Jets, who obviously, again, not only covered, but won outright and going away. The Packers are a disaster. I tried telling you guys the numbers suggested it. All of the advanced stats said this line was wrong. And not only was it wrong, it was significantly wrong. It was 24 points wrong. As the Jets won 27-10, They're real. They're a factor. They've got a lot of young talent. I still don't love Zach Wilson. I think he's just kind of getting them by. But they're they're competitive, and they're a factor in the AFC playoff race, whether you like it or not. The Jets are – they're there. Um, Stecka, however, for the good picks that he made, then turned around and decided to pick Miami despite the fact that Skylar Thompson was their starting quarterback. Now, as it turns out, Teddy Bridgewater – what a weird scenario is going on in Miami. I guess they're slated to get Tua back this week, and so, you know, they won't have to worry about this much so longer. So they were starting Thompson over Teddy? Teddy was available. They chose to start Skylar Thompson until he got banged up, and then they went. It's all very weird. Okay. Moral of the story is it was a 1 o'clock game featuring Kirk Cousins. That's his That's his wheelhouse, baby. Uh, Miami uh, does not cover the three and a half, so all of the rest of us get it. The lone wolf that paid off this week was John Proctor. Speaking of lines that were wrong, Cleveland favored by two and a half, lose by 23 as Bailey Zappi is a machine. I don't know how they can keep pretending like they can just go back to Mac Jones at this point in New England. Patriots roll. Their defense is looking good. Um, they're throwing the ball. I think they got like the number two passing offense now on the foot. It's crazy what's going on in New England. 38-15, they pound the – it's not overall passing offense. There's some stat that I got to figure out what is it, it like is. Is it like the past two weeks? Or like no, not just the past two weeks really? either. Yeah, I'll figure it out. I'll look oh. it up this week. Um, so, uh, yeah, Proctor gets that lone wolf pick. 
Uh, Buffalo, Kansas City, thriller, obviously. Uh, great game. Not the maybe 40 to 30 game, that, or 40 to 35 game that some people thought it was going to be. Uh, Tony Romo it literally predicted yeah. the exact score at the beginning of the game, uh, which is very Tony Romo esque of him. Bills win 24 to 20. They get two big late defensive stops. And that's the, the thing about the Bills. By the way, I don't know if anybody saw this, but at the moment, the Bills have the number one DVOA offense and the number one DVOA defense. And that was the reason why I felt differently about the Bills going into this game is that they can put their defense back out on the field, trailing late in the football game, and feel like they can get a stop even against Kansas City Chiefs. Von Miller with a huge sack, and then obviously to, to ice it, Teron Johnson comes away with the interception. Their defense is very good on top of Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis and Dawson Knox with a huge touchdown catch at the end of the game. Bills win in Kansas City. They're the best team in football, even though the Eagles are the team that's undefeated. Speaking of which, by the way, I got that along as, uh, Ste- as well as Stecca and KZ. Eagles. You know, the good news for you is you didn't have to worry about this one last night. Yeah. The stress was off <laughs> at that point. Although you got this one wrong, too. Uh, Eagles uh, cover the six. It did get hairy after they blew. They, they were up by 20. Allowed the Cowboys to get it back to 20-17. to 17. Uh, the Eagles do end up holding them off at the end. But in a weird way, I, I imagine if you care about the Cowboys, you almost come away from it feeling kind of good. Like, hey, you think you'll be better when Dak Prescott is healthy, although they have to prove that. Their defense continues to play pretty well. I get it. It wasn't a win, but I think you feel decent about your chances of being able to continue this. Meanwhile, the Eagles continue to be unbeaten. Uh, as they win 26-17, they cover the six. Myself, Proctor, Kyle, and KZ were on that. And then I'm very frustrated that I talked myself out of it at the last minute. I was like, man, Vegas has got to know something. This line doesn't make sense. Nope. Didn't know anything at all. Didn't know anything at all, of course. Uh, Giants not only cover but went out right against the Ravens. Only KZ and Paul Valley get that point. So for the week, myself, KZ, and Proctor, all five and four. Kyle and Stecka, four and five. Paul Valley with a rough week, three and six, but uh, not the roughest week. That belonged to our pal Griffin. That's why he's punishing those nachos right now. How we doing? How we doing over there? Uh, pretty good. I guess I'm about halfway. Okay, there. and, and you still just chip. You're still good, or you're still yeah. I feel good. It's starting to. It hasn't. It hasn't, it hasn't I'm turned. Sl- I'm yet. slowing down, but you well, still have another hour. Yeah. you're okay. You still have another hour to work on it. Um, Griffin went two and seven this week. Now for <sighs> the year. Yeah, I lost some. I was like, t- what was I? Game out of first, and then yeah, you were you were going in the right direction. Now, by the way, you're only four games back, um, but you're also five games in front of Stecka. Uh, KZ still at the top of the table, 31 and 28. I'm a game back, 30 and 29. Proctor's two games back, 29 and 30. Kyle is three games back at 28 and 31. Griffin now four games back in fifth place at 27 and 32. Paul Valley is five games back. And the bad news for Paul, he's now closer to the worm than he is to the top of the table. Andrew Stecker remains the worm at 22 and 37. Nine games back at first place, four games right now to the bad side in the race to avoid being the worm. Of course, the loser of our contest has to come in here one morning and eat a worm burger dressed as the worm Dennis Rodman, perform the worm from the legendary Scotty Tuhati, and take a Rikishi-style stink face from whoever they choose to perform the worm on. That's what's at stake in our picks contest. Our picks recap 
Also brought to you today by Guilford Hall Brewery. They got a Halloween party coming up on October 29th. You're going to want to be there. Live music, costume contest, and it's all free. Don't have to pay a cover. Just a great place to come hang out. You can, If you have not been yet, you are missing out on one of the great gems in our city. Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North is incredible. I mean, it's just an immaculate facility. Multiple different indoor areas. They've got an outdoor area as well. Uh, the Bavarian menu, outstanding. The wonderful craft beer selection, including the Guilford Hall Lager. I could not recommend any of it more. It is awesome. Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. Again, the Halloween party coming up on October 29th. Do you, do you think we can take a break, or do you want to just... You let's, t- let's just call him. All right, we will just call him. Eric Edholm from NFL.com is going to join us here in a minute. Um, continue to get me your slaps to the helmet. We will get to those later on. You know the rules. The Ravens lose. I know you guys, a lot of cheating so far in slaps to the helmet. Just trying to lump everybody in together. You can't do that. Not the way it works. you got to pick five Ravens. Rank them five to one with number one being your anti-man of the match. Your list must include two offensive players. It must include two defensive players. The fifth can be whatever you like. Yeah, you can have whatever you like. Another offensive player, another defensive player, special teams player, or a coach, which I thought might be a popular selection today. Rank them again, 5-1. to one. Tweet me at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. We will get to slaps the helmet a little bit later on this hour. Joining us now, our friend from NFL.com. He covered uh, Ravens-Giants for their What We Learned column this week as he was paying close attention to what he saw in that game. Here's our buddy Eric Edholm, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Eric, it's Glenn. It's great to chat with you as always, my friend. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, good to be here. What's going on? Well, you know, everybody's ready to jump there. <laughs> and it's, yeah. We're guarding the bridges in Baltimore is what's going on around here. Look, I, I, let me let me expand on what we learned because it's not just about this game. What I'm struggling with at this point is it would be easy if there was one common theme. The, the reaction, the strong reaction we're getting in Baltimore is the Ravens have now blown three double-digit second-half leads this season. And that, mm-hmm. when you just say those words, it feels disastrous. The, the the advanced stats, DVOA, they all say the Ravens are a really good football team. It just happens to have lost three games right. this far. I don't know what the Ravens are because it's not like there's one common theme where you say, hey, they've lost three games because their secondary stinks, but they're getting this cornerback back, and you know maybe they go trade for another one and they can fix that. It's not the, – the three scenarios by which they've lost these three games have all been so uniquely different that I don't know – how to fix what's going on with the Baltimore Ravens. They've lost these three games where they had double-digit leads in the second half. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, obviously outside of the, you know, I'd say the, you know, the end of the Dolphins game, you could argue the defense has has really done its job, big picture, you know, I mean, you know, you'd like to see more big plays, more pass rush, more disruptive plays, turnovers, et cetera. But still, I mean, it's hard to, you know, even though they couldn't get off the field late, late in the game, I mean, it wasn't like you put it on them. You start with some of the uh, offensive execution errors yesterday, and you're right, it has been a bit of a different theme. And I think if, if John Harbaugh knew the answer to solving this, if he felt like it was one magic pill he could administer at practice, he'd do it. And so, yeah, I think a little bit of it is a confidence thing and, and somewhere in the back of their minds, knowing how last year ended, 
you know, can't be that far off in the, in the uh, outer reaches of their memories. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's gotta be frustrating to, you know, at least from the stat sheet, thoroughly outplay a team, almost double their yards, run the ball more effectively, you know, and still find a way to lose. That's, that's the part that's, hardest to swallow, I think, if you're a Ravens fan. Uh, buddy, I, you know, something we've been talking about this morning, and I'm sharing this from my buddy Jonas Schaefer from the Baltimore Sun, only because it it more easier defines what I've been trying to say. Uh, Ravens passing offense with Rashad Bateman on the field, 7.9 yards, 0.28 expected points added per drop back. Ravens passing offense with uh, Rashad Bateman off the field, 5.4 yards, negative 0.08 EPA per drop back. Um, the Ravens yeah. will probably get Rashad Bateman back at some point, right? Like, I, I don't think, I mean, again, at the, at the time when they announced the injury, they said he was day-to-day. He's now missed a couple of games. But it's been clear mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson's not been the same player since when he left the Bills game. He was an MVP candidate up until that point. You know, he's been mediocre at best since that point. Now, I, a lot of this is on the Ravens and what they did but can we dismiss that? Can we say, hey, as soon as they get Rashad Bateman back, they're going to be fine? Or does it scream, hey, there's a bigger problem here. You decided for whatever reason you didn't need to have wide receivers this offseason, which was a really weird bit for an NFL team to do. Maybe you need to be a bit more aggressive at the trade deadline and find out if there's something that's, that could help you because you have a clear problem at this one position. Right. And, you know, you could obviously already see, you know, they, they – take a flyer on a guy like Andy Isabella and hope something like that works sure. out. That's fine for it. <laughs> right. sure. You know, a provisional sure. move, whatever. Could there be something bigger down the road? Perhaps, you know, we haven't, I'm trying to remember. I don't recall a bunch of sort of big flurry of moves by, by this team at the deadline. I mean, but, they, in the, the, you know, since I think, Eric DaCosta taken over, remember they did the Marcus Peters thing the one year and they did, they sure. tried, they tried Good the unique Ngakwe thing one year as well. Like they have made more in season trades than they ever did when Ozzie Newsom was general manager. Yeah. Good point. I had forgotten about those. And, and you know, this might be the year where, where wide receivers, obviously, you know, not just a guy like Robbie Anderson, who, you know, did everything he could to get kicked out of right. the party. Right. <laughs> But I mean, more talented players, players with fewer questions, not just the, you know, the Andersons and the and the Kenny Galladay's of the world. So yeah, I mean, one of those moves could obviously come a lot cheaper, you know, especially if they're released, you can sign them on your terms. But you know, if the right difference maker at, at wideout is available, sure, they should absolutely investigate it because, you know, for as, as nice a step I think as Devin Duvernay has taken yesterday was a, you know, an indication they tried to get him the ball at times, didn't have much success. So if Mark Andrews isn't catching every single pass that comes his way, yeah, you all of a sudden have a a problem, even with Kenyon Drake having a really nice day running the football. So, yeah, I mean, I I think the more firepower would be an interesting thing if if it presented itself. But at the same time, they win that game if they fix about four plays. You know, I mean, I really obviously – it just – it's like – do you do you burn everything down and, and, and try to or not burn everything down, but you know, do you make a drastic move, I should say, knowing that, hey, <laughs> you can play that game all day long, but at the same time you did have a victory in your grasp. Eric Edholm, NFL.com with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Eric, it's a fair point, right? Like the the, the the infuriating thing from yesterday is the penalties, right? Like how in the world do you have an illegal formation on third and inches? When you just need to keep yeah. the clock moving and 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 ice away a lead, how does a Lamar Jackson, for all of his greatness, 
ever think that it's okay to just toss the football up in the middle of the field like he did, right? Like, it, it seems like those should be easy things that you just know, hey, we can't do those things, and yet here we are. Let me let me touch on something that you brought up um, at NFL.com, which was the play of Kenyon Drake yesterday, and that you know kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, he had played a little bit better, you know, at the beginning of the season. We didn't think this was a guy that was going right. to hold a roster spot for very long in Baltimore. Um, is there any chance that if J.K. Dobbins, who you know, whatever whatever happened yesterday, reaggravates the knee? dealing with something, if it's not significant, and if they do get Gus Edwards back, that the answer to this question still is they're, they're trying to do the wrong thing. This is supposed to be a Greg Roman offense, and they're supposed to be the team that runs the ball a billion times, and they've kind of lost their way. And if Drake can run like this, and if Dobbins you know, can, can be healthy, and if Gus Edwards comes back, that the answer to this question isn't going out and getting a wide receiver. It's remembering, hey, you built the team that you built. It's supposed to be the team that dominates on the ground. Right. And, and you know, a week ago, two weeks ago, you know, after, after Dobbins had returned, I would, have, I would have never entertained the idea that Kenyon Drake was the, was the better option. Right. right. I mean, I just always believe that, that you know, that J.K. Dobbins was the better football player. They got him back. They're working him back in the lineup. Obviously, yesterday was, it was a fascinating kind of turn a little bit, and maybe it did remind us that Drake could, could thrive in a, in a nice role if he's given enough touches. And, you know, there are a few other teams, too, like Tony Pollard in Dallas or, uh, you know, uh, Khalil Herbert in Chicago, where you could say, hey, they deserve more touches for this reason. I think that's part of it and what you said. I mean, just the identity of the football team, how they're built from the inside out, you would assume that would be a big part of it. You know, obviously not being able to get exactly the right kind of 12 personnel package they want out there. You know, it one, you know, I mean, you have a guy like, you know, the, the workman guys like Ricard and everything else, but you know, the blocking hasn't been the same. And I don't think it, it's quite as effective if they can't run out of those two tight end sets or if they don't use them the way they want to use them. So, yeah, I mean, it's like you go back and forth and you say to yourself, is it better to put three and four wide receivers on the team and, and let Lamar, you know, deal and do his thing? Or is it better, like you said, to have, you know, go up against heavier personnel uh, on defense? And, and, you know, obviously Lamar can do even yep. more damage against that that type of team as a as a runner. It's I wrote about it today for, for our website, um, which is not quite mm-hmm. as big as NFL.com. I mean, we're, we're right there. It's like one and two, neck and neck, um, that we're fighting with you guys. Um, but I said, I, I, like, I'm just struggling with what this team's identity is. All throughout the offseason, I assumed the only reason why you would keep Greg Roman as your offensive coordinator and then literally right. make yourself worse at the wide receiver position. Like, that's the part. They, it's not just that they didn't get better. They subtracted from what was a mediocre group. The only reason why yeah. I would think you would do something like that is if you had decided, hey, we're hell-bent on getting back to the 2019 style and trying to be the team that just bulldozes and runs and runs and runs and runs. And if that's not who you were intending to be, then I'm truly befuddled by the decisions that you made this offseason, and I'm kind of left... Sort of, it's it's like when the the one thing that you could say consistently about Joe Flacco was he's got a hell of an arm, and then you said, well, let's give him an offensive coordinator who just wants him to throw underneath fifty times a game. Like I I, I <laughs> yeah. don't know what the thought process was if that's that wasn't what you were trying to be this season, and I do think that this organization deserves criticism if they intended to be a team that was going to throw the ball more and not try to dominate on the ground. Then then what the hell was the thought process this off season? 
Yeah, I mean, I think on the surface, people were sort of fascinated by the Hollywood Brown trade and everything and, you know, what it what it would mean and everything. But, uh, you know, I don't know. It's, you look at it and you say to yourself, did, did Ronnie Stanley getting hurt and J.K. getting hurt and, you know, other people as well, did that maybe change their plans a little bit temporarily? Sure. You know, absolutely kind of changed the, the uh, you know, the complexion of this team a little. Um, you know, and Lamar obviously at times can cover a lot of that stuff up and make plays that, that, that weren't drawn on a, on a design. And, and this is what he can do. And, you know, yesterday wasn't necessarily one of those days, at least when it counted, but yeah, I still think that's, you know, kind of the bread and butter of this team and, and how they were initially envisioned. And, you know, I think in certain games, because of the game flow, you'll get away from that, and mm-hmm. it's going to be de- determined on what they run and what they look, you know, throw at you look-wise. But at the bottom line, it should still be, assuming they have healthy personnel at those positions, that's who I think the Ravens are and what makes them so dangerous. Will they get back to that? And, right, was that the intended vision of the offseason, as everybody assumed? You would hope so. You would like to see them kind of get back to doing what, you know, for the last few years, they've done better than almost anybody else. I mean, I, again, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing if that's not the thought process. Uh, just another right. minute or two here with Eric Edholm from NFL.com. Um, you know, Eric, obviously, I'm, I'm doing post game yesterday, and you know, getting the phones are locked, and everybody wants to fire somebody. You know how this works. You've been around for a long yeah. time, um, and and it's comical, right? Like, th- there's three and three after six games. That's not the way that this business works. You don't. They're not the Carolina Panthers, right? Like, you're not doing right. that. But I do wonder, because as you point out, Brian Dable deserves a lot of credit. When you look at what the Giants did yesterday, you can't statistically define how they won that football game. And what I walk away from it saying is, dude, i got to tip my cap to Brian Dable. Like, he's he's making something there without having all of the ingredients to be able to make something there. It's, it is incredible. On the flip side... What kind of blame are you forced to put on the Ravens and their staff for being a team that seems to have some pieces, and yet here we are sitting at three and three with three games they probably should have won and didn't? Right. Arguably, it could be six and zero. I mean, that's that's the you know that's the part. And nobody came into the season even with you know a coordinator change. I don't think anyone came into the season saying that the Ravens' coaches were a weakness or thinking that okay, Brian Dable is such a genius, he can just wave his magic wand and the Giants are going to be good again, right? I mean, that's, that's the beauty and the maddening part of the NFL is that, you know, our, what we think coming into a season can get completely upturned within a few games. And so here we are, right? I still think at this point, nobody's saying, you know, the 5-1 and one Giants are a better team with a better roster than the 3-3 three and three Ravens. I'm certainly not. This is one of those scenarios where if you play that game out 10 times, the Ravens probably win seven or eight of them. I mean, again, I'm not trying to take away anything from the Giants who, like you said, have been off to a fantastic start, right? It certainly had to mean a lot for Wink Martindale, right? That, that was a personal game, I'm sure, for him. I'm sure he got a game ball, you know, and he, and he had a, you know, a nice defensive game plan for the most part. The run game was an issue. But, yeah, I mean, I will give credit to Dayball for turning a team around that had – quarterback they didn't renew his you know didn't give him the fifth year option uh, a running back who theoretically is in his final year with the Giants offensive line issues defensive concerns you know they great great situational football has gotten to this point 
great situational football has not been the Ravens, you know, hallmark to this point. And that's unusual for them. I think it'll turn around. I believe in sort of the big picture, you know, outlook for this team, but it's hard not to be a little bit concerned, especially as, you know, they break in a coordinator from the college game. I get it. I get it. Um, hey, are, are, so I'm I'm looking at your bio. King of, are you a, are you a Phillies fan? Are you like l- losing your mind no. right now? <laughs> no, it's actually a reference to a fish song, a lyric. Oh, you know, like, okay. All right. I should have. Not many people would get my that. Bad. No, it's, my it's, bad. It's I am. Um, I'm an East Coast. King of Prussia is just a funny name for a town to me. So I, I, speaking, kept, speaking of fish, my random King of Prussia, and I think the guy turned out to be a creep later, I, I ended up hanging out <laughs> with Dave Matthews Band violinist Boyd Tinsley one night in King of Prussia, know, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Very <laughs> random. Very random story. He had put out like a solo record and was hanging out somewhere. Okay. And then he was like, you know, hey, you guys want to go hang? And there was some like crap, you know, chain restaurant across the street from the big mall in King of <laughs> Prussia, and we all ended up hanging out and drinking with Boyd Tinsley. I was very uh, like, it was so cool <laughs> that I was very heartbroken when I found out the guy was uh, not a great guy, <laughs> not a great. Yeah, yeah, I'd heard I'd heard some stories, yeah. but uh, hey, I've had some strange music uh, runnings, and uh, like you said, never meet your heroes or any or whatever yeah, that thing sad. is. That's yeah. it was sad for me because it was a really great night. Like. It was a night I love telling yeah. stories about, and then I'm like, okay, guess I'll I'll just put those away for a long time. Put a bottle on that one, <laughs> no doubt. At Eric underscore Ed Holm is how you follow him on Twitter. NFL.com is where you see his stuff. Anything else I can plug for you, my friends? That's it, man. We're we're I'm slowly cranking up on the draft needs. So, guys, if if the Ravens season does go south, no, do me a favor. Don't. don't. I'm my story. I'm begging you. I would really like to not have to have a draft conversation with you until February. That would be really nice if we could do that. Hey, man. Give me January at least. All right. Yeah, all right. Exactly. You, know, you know we'll be in touch. You know that. You've always been good to us yeah. over the years. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks for doing it. All right. See you, buddy. It's Eric Edholm, NFL.com, checking in with us here on GCR. <sighs> yeah, that's a, it's not my top, like, you know, person, celebrity I made a connection with that I can no longer claim. That, of course, would be Bill Cosby. Who, as you guys might remember, the first week that I moved to Afternoons on the old station that doesn't exist anymore, he did an hour with us. (laughs) An hour. And it was incredible. And it was gold. And I was pinching myself. I couldn't believe it was happening. And he gave us his cell phone number and said, call any time. And we said, okay, Bill Cosby, we'll do that. And we did. And he came back on the program with us and did another half hour. And it was unbelievable. And I couldn't believe I was friends with Bill Cosby. And then... And then you couldn't believe you were friends with Bill Cosby. I could not believe I was... God damn it. I want to make it very clear. I am not the victim here. It is not I. Damn, man. The same thing with the violinist from the Dave Matthews Band, who was dope. I love that guy, Boyd Tinsley. What did he do? Uh, you got Google. Okay. <laughs> like, you can find out. Right. Uh, might have involved grooming is the uh, the problem there. Great guy when I hung out with him. Good dude. We were all drinking together. I want to say it was a Bahama Breeze, if you remember that place that used to be in Towson years ago. I want to say it was one of those. We went and hung out in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. And we all had drinks, and he was buying everything for everybody, and was having a great time, and we were telling tales of this legendary night that we were hanging out with Boyd Tinsley. Turns out, yeah, no, no, creepy no. McCreeperson. Not cool. Not cool. So again, abundantly clear, I'm not the victim here. 
not the victim. We're starting to sense a pattern, though. Just, yeah, right? <laughs> like... <laughs> It is. It does. It does make me uncomfortable whenever I start to be friendly around somebody. I'm like, you're not going to turn into a creep, are you? Man, I don't like that whatsoever. All right. Um, hey, later on today, Stan the Fan Charles and Ross Grimms are going to catch up with a great Boog pal. Always a good time when those guys get together to talk baseball. You're not going to want to miss it. Six o'clock tonight. Facebook.com/slash Pressbox Sports. Stan the Fan Charles, Ross Grimsley, and the legend himself, Boog Pal. Talking baseball, uh, you'll be able to find that tomorrow. YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash video if you miss it live. We come back in. We'll quickly dish out our slaps to the helmet, and then Jeremy Kahn is going to join us. That's on the way. Glenn Clark Radio. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back with season two of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. What is it, Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 1057 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, November 1st at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill, 5506 Hartford Road. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today join glenn at halftime of every ravens game for the project game day halftime show at facebook.com slash sports we apologize in advance there's not much we can do about his face john from little rock look man i'm this is where we are going to separate right because john says anyone who lived in the 80s and 90s would routinely crush this at 2 a.m after the bars i i'm only going to push back slightly I think we would all go to Taco Bell. We all definitely went to Taco Bell. 
But I think we ordered like three tacos. That was the play. Just give me three tacos. That was it. Now, again, I admit that when they introduced the old cheesy gordita crunch, there was a dark time in your pal's life where he was doing a significant amount of damage to your bot to his body. Like I hated myself for a little while with the amount of cheesy gordita crunches. And I think that we all kind of had a Mexican pizza phase in our lives. But I still think this is more food than any of us. None of us ever ordered $28 worth of Taco Bell food. Even when we were drunk, even when we were coming back from the bars. Now, you can say that's because Taco Bell was cheap. Remember, back in the day, this is a straight shoot, Taco Bell tacos, 69 cents. It used to be their, uh, their advertising, yeah. like 69, 89, 109, because it was like the three different type of tacos. I was on the uh, Taco Bell Reddit page uh, mm-hmm. yesterday because I was trying to figure out if uh, the whole menu would be available. Yes. And so someone posted a like a, a, an original receipt from like 1999 that was yeah. like, still intact. And it was like the taco, the nachos, I think like a crunch wrapper, quesadillas yeah. or whatever. And it was like and a Pepsi and it was like $3. So where this dude is correct is that food is definitely more expensive at Taco Bell than it used to be once upon a time. But the $28 remains extreme. Nobody is ordering $28 worth of Taco Bell food. Griffin, you did you just finish the nachos? Yeah, I did, let yes. Me, let me see the plate. I want to I confirm. Hmm, all right. All right. That's good. So you have consumed the frozen drink, the Baja, that was a Mountain Dew Yeah, Baja thing. Mountain Dew. You've Freeze consumed blast. that. You've consumed the fries, the nachos, the the Doritos Taco Supreme, and what was the other thing? The cheesy gordita. The cheesy gordita. Taco. Yeah. And and how you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, well, I mean, I'm doing. I, I think I'm doing good. You're still. You think yeah. you're still okay? A real. I think it, it could have been a real challenge if like it was you know get it done in an hour. Right. Um, well, it's taken but, you an hour and 25 minutes, yeah. and you just I mean, finished the nachos, and you still I, have the burrito I am to also, go. I mean, also, I'm trying to carry out my, my show duties here. Oh, that's true. You yeah. are still trying to work at the same time. That's fair. Um, so you still have but left just the burrito. Just the burrito, point. yes. And are you starting to feel anything? Um, I mean, I, I, I'm full. You're full, but like, yeah. are you starting to feel, is there any danger of a reversal? No, not yet. No? Not yet. No. We'll see what happens with this burrito here. Uh, how quick does your, mat- you're a skinny guy. How quick does your metabolism work? Like, at what point are you gonna have to make a a dash to the toilet? Uh, it depends. Uh, I don't. I think. I think I'll probably be okay for at least uh, several hours. You think you, you will not? You'll be able to get home before yeah, think, yes, you have sure. to do damage sure, to the water sure. closet. There's few to things. The, the bagno here will be yeah. safe. Is yes, what you believe? I think so. I think so. There's All few right. things that you know will go directly through. <laughs> I mean, like what? I would think Taco uh, Bell would be at the top of that list. Sa- Sakura, really? S- yes. You're more likely. No, every time I go to Sakura, I mean Sakura. Is, I love. Uh, every, I love who Sakura. doesn't love yeah. it? It's the Japanese steakhouse. Yes. Is like yes. one of the. It's it never fails. I don't know how to explain it. Like you're never gonna have a bad time when you spend your evening at the Japanese steakhouse. Uh, but the last, I think, the, like probably like the last four or five times I've gone there, have not been able to leave that leave that building without a. Uh, oh, you stop there? Yes. Oh, yeah. Jeez. It goes immediately through me. Wow, that is wild. But it's so good. <laughs> look, I mean, look, I, I, I will admit that I probably, after an evening at Sakura, also need to, you know, make a trip to the bathroom. But I don't. Th- never there. I've never had to. I, it is the. I think the, about the past four or five times wow. I've been there. And, By the way, uh, apparently, you're a regular. You're a regular. Well, I mean, I don't, no, I don't. It's 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 our it's our favorite. Like you know, when we're when the family when once when my brother sister have a birthday or myself. My grandparents when they were alive loved Sakura. Mm. Or uh, by the way, we're giving them a lot of plugs. Yeah, it, whatever, Benihana, whatever you want to call it, right? Like it's, it's the just ja- COVID. You know what it is? Like it's the Japanese steakhouse. It's it's yes. It's the and 
if it's called one thing in your town, it's called something else. It's the same concept. Everybody knows what you're getting. You're getting the show. You're getting the guy flipping the food in your mouth. You're getting the the little uh, the egg, the egg, the spinning the, the egg, yeah. and then the whole. You're getting the volcano, the whole bit, right? It's like going to see fastball. They're gonna play out of my head. They're gonna play the way. They're gonna play all their hits. I get that every time I go to the Japanese steakhouse, and at the end of the day, you're gonna have a, a, a meal that you find to be delicious. Um, I I don't know why they give you more food. I don't know why they give you the appetizer on top. Like you don't need the last thing you need at the Japanese steakhouse is more food. They give you plenty of it, right? Um, it it delivers every time. Now I've 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 never noticed that it particularly harms me. Oh, it, I think it's whatever, whatever, whatever about it's the cooking same oil. As, yeah, whether it's a cooking oil or whatever they do, it, it does feels like about not. the same as anywhere else. I feel like if I like if I go get a, I had a, uh, you know what? I worked for USA Lacrosse this weekend. Had a great weekend with USA. Lacrosse. It was a very busy weekend for your boy. I um, I did the USA the Lacrosse the national team intra squad scrimmage on Friday night. Literally the best players in the world, like just hanging out and sparks. Uh, it was very cool. Like it was a very cool atmosphere for that. Great crowds on hand because you know, like this is, it's like going to see the PLL All Star Game basically in Sparks, Maryland. Just a very random thing to think about. Uh, and then the national team took on Maryland, the you know reigning defending national champions. Uh, uh, it was I only did the first of the two games. Oh, I know okay. the, the national team won both because I did. There was a game Saturday morning. There was another game Saturday afternoon. I did the morning game, and it was a, it was a one goal game. I mean, like Maryland played well, but they weren't even you know they weren't trying either. It's it's exhibition season. Like they were putting their reserves in against you know national team players. So I had a great weekend. But on Friday night when I left, there were only a few things. You know, and we're in Sparks, so we're in Hunt Valley. There's only a few options at that point. Chipotle was the play for me, and I knew even if I get a bowl that's reasonable, even if I get like a fairly healthy. By the way. The new thing they're advertising, the the garlic whatever the guajillo uh, steak, okay, not yeah, worth yeah. spending extra money for. It it's nothing there. I mean, it's still chipotle steak at the end of the day. Like it's you're getting what you're getting, dog. Like no, just pass. Get chicken. Get whatever barbacoa. Whatever you're doing, get that. Um, I knew. I was like, I'm gonna eat this, and I didn't even go crazy. Like I don't even, you know, go nuts when I go there anymore. I get the heat of veggies. I do the whole thing. I'm still. It's gonna. It's. I'm gonna be punished for it. Gotcha. Like that's the way it's gonna gotcha, go. Gotcha. This. I'm telling you, I wouldn't be able to make it at the end of the show. I'm telling you, you'd be talking to Jeremy Khan here in a second. <laughs> like you would be doing the interview with Jeremy Khan, and I. I mean, thankfully, it's not an interview. It's a conversation. I would be back there in the bano, and we would have to be warning Leah when she came in later. Like you're not. You're, please stop and get some air freshener or something on your way in. It was going to be a bad time if I had lost this Taco Bell bet. So. I'm very glad that it was you. I hate the fact that you've mostly enjoyed it and it's been no pain for you whatsoever. That really does greatly bother me that you are handling it as well as you are handling it to this point. Um, and yeah, uh, oh, uh, John says for 59 cent tacos for him back in the day, nothing on the menu over $3. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the way it was. I, nobody's arguing that the, the food is more expensive. It's just that the guy saying that his lunch cost him $28, bro, that ain't about infl- inflation. It's about the insanity of what you're ordering. <laughs> like, again, inflation can be real. You have a problem. This is not normal. Although Griffin, again, might decide to be the $28 Taco Bell order guy now moving forward because he seems to be enjoying uh, his experience with $28 with Taco Bell this morning. I promise we'll do slaps after we talk to Jeremy. It is a Monday. 
That means we catch up with our buddy from the Big Bad Morning Show on 105.7 The Fan and his picks every day at PressBoxOnline.com. He is our friend, Mr. Jeremy Kahn, and he's back with us now here on GCR. What's going on, pal? How are you? What's up, man? I'm doing well. Uh, things were pretty good yesterday. It's, I was close to going 4-1 and one in my top plays, and then the end of the Saints game happened. But, you know, mm. those things happen. Mm. Those things do indeed happen, but that's not bad. That's not bad. All right, so let's get the important stuff out of the way first. What do you think is the most amount of money you've ever spent at a Taco Bell? Oh, God. I, I'm not a Taco Bell guy at all. I, and it, why would it, you be? You know what's funny is, like, all my friends love it, and I get it, like, the late-night drinking, and you, you want gonna, something in your were, stomach. Were you, were you not You were not a Taco Bell guy when you were in your 20s and getting drunk every night? Uh, no, I, I was, because it was, it was the one place that you could go before Correct. everyone started staying open later, the 24 hours, so it always was a, a place to hit. Um it's just now, like, cause I, like, I just had it not that long ago. I was like, man, I haven't had Taco Bell forever. I'm going to have it. And I immediately regretted it. Yep. Oh, I, <laughs> immediately. I, so I don't know if you know, but, we, we did, because of this thing that went viral last week, this $28 Taco Bell meal, we decided to mm-hmm. make it a uh, Griffin and I side bet for the week on our picks contest. And thank God uh, Griffin lost, because I'm telling you right now, if I ate any of these items on the time, Griffin, by the way, this morning has so far consumed a frozen Mountain Dew Baja Blast, a Nachos Bell Grande with peppers, a Nacho Cheese Doritos Locos Taco Supreme, a Doritos Cheesy Gordita Crunch with Nacho Cheese, and an order of fries. What were the fries? Were they just Taco Bell? The uh, the nacho fries. Nacho fries so far. He still has to eat a Burrito Supreme to finish off this meal. Um, and he's 22, and, and so, like, he's fine. I mean, he's this isn't impacting him in any way. If I were to eat any of these things, I would the, – the, the bathroom here would be unusable for the rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah, there might actually be more blood than feces, I that's think. A, that's I, a maybe fact. that's happened to me a couple times in life. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, <right>. yeah. <laughs> it's a fact. It's a, a, by the way, that's like the seventh time I've said that in my life. It's really weird. It's, weird it's, it's, it's funny. That's actually how Ray Bachman introduced himself to me. He said, hi, you work here now? I'm Ray. There's blood in my stool. I said, well, that's weird. Like, that is. I, but to go back, <laughs> that's awful. But to go back to the, the original question, I think around $25 is probably the most I've spent on myself. But I got it like that was probably in a drunken stupor as well, just ordering way too much and just mealing out and maybe not finishing at all. I, I, I have said this before. One of the most baller things uh, that's ever happened, I, of course, throw a big party every summer. You know, I, I, I host this pig roast. Yeah. One year, my buddy Cotter showed up, and he had ordered 100 tacos and just brought them with him from the Taco Bell. And he looked insanely baller because it's just so much food, right? Like, you're showing up with this much food. It cost him, I don't know, 100 bucks, whatever. It wasn't that big deal. Like, But he looked like a badass rolling up to the party. Like, look what I've got. Exactly right. And everybody's all drunk at that point, so they're like, we'll eat anything. You know what I mean? Like, you can put whatever you want in our mouths. You know what's funny? We just talked about it. Maybe this is is somewhat on topic, but, like, weddings that now do the food at the – like, you have the dinner, but then they bring out something like chicken tenders or mini sliders or something at the end end of the the night. night. Yeah, that's a play, man. That's a, that's a definitely a, a top five experience for me is just being at that point where you're partied. You're like, man, I'm still hungry. We, we just ate a meal, but I've been drinking the entire exactly. time and I danced my ass off. Yeah. 
Yeah, now well, I want some chicken nuggets. Because everybody's stopping. Like, everybody's stopping on the way home and getting something, despite the fact they ate. Yep. They're all hitting up Wawa afterwards or whatever, right? Like, everybody's doing – of course, we're Royal Farms people here. I best I better I better make sure I say that out loud. Yeah. We prefer Royal Farms. That's where we would be stopping here at Glen Clark Radio. Real fresh, real fast. A hundred percent. Justin Tucker literally standing there handing your coffee. It's neat. I, I, I appreciate it a great deal. Um, but, yeah, that's a play. That is a huge – that is thinking next level. That is showing concern – for your guests and knowing where they're going to be. And I'm telling you, if you tell me ahead of time that that is available, I'm probably going to go ahead and up my gift to you by about 25 bucks. Like if I was doing the $100 check at the end of the night, that just became a $125 check by you thinking about me that way. Yeah, usually I kiss the, the bride on the cheek when you're introduced to her. But then right. once we find out about the food at the end of the night, full I kiss the groom on the lip right. to thank him. Yeah. Full, full on yeah. tongue at that point. Full on tongue. Hey, uh, before we get to the Ravens, I want to get your thoughts. I, there's this weird like backlash to the fact that the Dodgers and and the Braves got eliminated from the playoffs where there are people that are like, well, this is – this is ridiculous. You have this season that lasts for forever, and then it all boils down to five games at the end, and that's it. And like, I, I, I don't. I'm like, it's such a bizarre thing. Like, in what world has the regular season ever meant more than the playoffs? Like, we've been yeah. do- doing this for a long time. Um, it's crazy. The Dodgers. I can't believe it. I always thought the Padres would forever be the you know, Charlie Brown going to kick the football and having the Dodgers pull it away from. Them. I can't believe that they went and did this. But like. It's such a weird response to think that there's somehow a problem with the fact that a team that had fewer wins but got in beat a team that had more wins because, I, I don't know, you're, you're supposed to be gifted a trip to the World Series if you win a certain number of games. You, you know, it's so bothering. I, I go back to, and, and again, apples and oranges, but the, the Chiefs and Bills last year in the playoffs and everybody going, that's the greatest game I've ever seen. But let's change overtime because I was unhappy that one team got the ball and the other one didn't. And now here we are where we have all these great teams that go on to win a hundred and some games. And uh, we had, you know, four teams get the bye. They've set the playoffs up. They've, they've added an extra team. We've done all this. And then now it's like, well, because three of those teams lose, I think we need to change the playoffs. No, we don't. This is what it's always been. It, I mean, baseball is an, it's one of the weirdest sports uh, because it has more variance than any other sport. Meaning you could take the worst team in the league and they could play the best team and wind up sweeping them just because that's, I mean, it's baseball. You get pitchers that are on or pitchers that are off, and things change. This is so bothersome. I saw something from uh, Buster Olney had tweeted out something about allowing the number one seed to pick how they want to play, who they want to play. So you mean, are any of those teams going to pick to play in a three-game series? Right. Like, right. No, no we'd, we'd, ra- we'd rather – yeah, that's insane. So the long layoff for the teams that got the buys affected three of them, but it didn't affect the Astros who won, who swept. You know, like, come on. This happens every year. We don't need to change anything. We don't need to o- over-evaluate everything that's went on. I, I just don't get it personally. Look, I am all for fair, right? Like, that is my argument about, the, like, you know, the, the, the Bills knew the rules. They lost the game. That's the way it goes. But I am all for fair, like trying to do the, the most fair thing in order to determine mm-hmm. winners. I'm un- in favor of. And so I like, I prefer the idea of both teams getting the ball in overtime, right? I just think it's a more fair way to determine a winner. Is, does it mean that the Chiefs, like, they deserve a asterisk for the fact that they won? Of course not. They, they won the game based on the way the rules were written. That's the way that it goes. And it's nonsense. But that all being said, I, I don't see how this is unfair. Like, there's nothing about the, to your point, the idea that because another team got to play for three days, like, that makes them so much more fresh. Like, 
three days, three three games is the difference of what we're talking. And by the way, they didn't even all play three games, did they? I think um, it was two in in one like that. That's what we're talking about as being the difference here. And by the way, you still had home field advantage. You effed it up. Yeah, and and by the way, the teams that got the buys because of the other teams playing in the first round, they got to set up their pitching rotation how they wanted. Correct. And so that means. You know when the uh, when the Braves got to trot out Max Freed, that meant that the uh, the Phillies had to trot out their guy Ranger Suarez, who I'm sure they didn't want to start a game one and possibly a game five elimination game if they got there. Um, you know, vice versa. We can sit here and talk about all these teams. Seattle had to start their two two of their young guys because they had to play in the early on, and and then even tonight we get we get Aaron Savali versus um, right. Oh uh, yeah, it, I, no, no, it's going to be a tie on. Thank you. Exactly. And, right. and look. Yeah, both of these guys will have short leashes, but you had a chance. You had Garrett Cole versus uh, the, the cat that pitched last night. So, like Cal Quantrill in game one. The, the, Yan- the Yankees were like minus 400 in that first game, or minus 300. So, like, you can't complain about that stuff. You were heavy favorites. You screwed it up with a home game and lost. That's just what happened. I'm telling you, it's that simple. You, you lose at home in the playoffs. You do this to yourself. You've got nothing to complain about. The Yankees battled back. They won game four when they had to, so they get a chance to, to move on if they can tonight. I hope they don't. Um, but you lost at home. That's it. That's the end of it. Like by, the, by the way, the, the only two teams that really weren't playing playoff-type games until the end of the year were the Dodgers and the Yankees because they had already locked up their division. Right, that's true. That's good you know, the, the Yankees could have been caught in the beginning of September, but they got hot again at the right time. They just, you know, they're, 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 they could still be alive tonight, and maybe all is well after that, but I, I just don't get the complaint. Do you think anybody's beating the Astros? Uh, no, I don't. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I, I think they're, like, would I be shocked if someone did? No, but if you're asking me to put my money, I yeah. If you gave me the field and the Astros, I still think I'm taking the I, Astros. I am in silly agreement. Silly as that sounds. I know I'm in yeah. agreement. I'm in agreement with you. That's the the crazy part. Like I just, boy, it is really hard for me to see. And I get it. They needed some late inning drama, right? Like it's not like they were uh, they were beatable in the Mariners series, but it's still they just have so much in that bullpen. I I, uh, I don't I don't see it. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't know how you guys handled it this morning. Um, I I got a little bit of everything on the postgame show yesterday, including the, the guy who said, hey, be, I, I swear to God, I thought this guy was, was trolling me. I just thought he was trying to get me to lose my mind. He called in. He's like, just sit Lamar down for like two games and then bring him back for the, for the New Orleans game. Just sit him down for the next two games. Let him get his mind right and then bring him back for the mic. You're you're doing a bit. This is a way you think I'm gonna drop an f bomb or something. You can get me fired. That's what's going on here. I got a little bit of everything yesterday. I'm in a weird place with it because it is not an easy explanation. Like it's one thing if you lose three games and it's just because your secondary stinks and you need to get a cornerback back. You need to go trade for a cornerback. Like all three of these games have had so many different unique things in the course of them. There's not one problem with the Ravens, and statistically, again, DVOA still says they're amongst the best teams in football. But yet, here they are, 3-3, three and three, and this is in their DNA now. They're the team that blows leads in the second half. Yeah, and they've, they've uh, trailed for all of two minutes, which we've talked about at nauseum. But the other thing that, that's bothersome to me is everyone is so results-driven, and I get it, that's fandom. But, like, you know, we've had, we've had the Ravens, and I, I go back to this, checking the win box, right? They didn't play great against the Patriots. Hold on and one. Kyle Hamilton punches out a ball, or else, in my mind, the Patriots are going down for a, 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 a drive that could take the lead. And and in the same difference, like we start looking in, uh, at some of these other games where 
they collapsed at the end and were like, oh, my God, it's such a terrible game. Like, if they don't throw the pick at the end of the game, and I know I'm giving ifs and ands, let's right. say they just they end up punting the ball back, there's still a good shot that they win the game, that they get a stop on the Giants. There's still an opportunity there, and maybe the narrative is written differently, and it does feel totally different when you're 4-2 and two instead of 3-3 three and three and vice versa. But, but it is weird to look at the collapses in the fourth quarter. Like, I, I joked, we do uh, something called up and down, and my up was Mark Andrews, seven catches, 106 yards and a touchdown, my down was Mark Andrews because he caught a touchdown to make it a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. And we know what happens with the Ravens when they have a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. They blow it. So, like, I mean, that's obviously tongue-in-cheek, but it's so weird to, to see now that the identity of this team is finding ways to lose in the second half when you have big leads. It just doesn't make any sense. And I think everybody has to take an honest look in the mirror and say, I can be better, execution can be better, play calling can be better. I mean, all of it, uh, not turning the ball over. I do feel like this is one of those games that's a little bit more on Lamar than maybe some of the other ones because of the turnovers. But um, but he's not the sole reason they lost. No, he's not the sole reason. But yes, I think he deserves the biggest slice of the, the you know the blame pie, as we like to hand out. Like the, you can't do that. You can't. As I said I earlier, yeah, I, I, oh boy, it's you know what? It's not it's not quite strawberry rhubarb, but it's not bad either. Yeah. Um. <laughs> God, I could go for some strawberry rhubarb pie right now. That does sound good, doesn't it? Doesn't it sound good? Um, yeah. Jeremy Khan is with us here on GCR. Yeah, like I'm, I, Lamar was a problem yesterday, but this, you know, it's another problem. They don't have any wide receivers. Like I, <laughs> I'm, I'm so the five catches to the wide receivers or five receptions. Like that's that's unbelievable. I'm befuddled by the fact that like they knew this coming into the year. That this is the part that I'm that I really am struggling with. I was convinced that the combination of bringing Greg Roman back and not bothering to go get any wide receivers had to be a statement that they were intending to be dominant on the ground again, and that's what they wanted to be, because otherwise it made no effing sense that that would be your strategy if this was a season where you're going to put things on Lamar Jackson's shoulders. To say, hey, they've been drastically worse, and the numbers say they have been drastically worse since Rashad Bateman got hurt. Okay, fine, but you were pinning your entire season on the health of Rashad Bateman? Like, that was what this was coming down to? I can't give them a pass over this. We all saw this coming from a mile away. They were thin. They didn't have much at the top. The wide receiver room was a problem, and no matter how many times he said, yeah, but they got Mark Andrews, that's one guy. Like, it's one dude. And we saw when they tried to throw a bomb to Mark Andrews yesterday, he's the wrong guy to be running that route for as good as he is at so many things. He's the wrong guy to be using in that situation. I don't. I can't believe that they're in this position again. I can't believe we're having this conversation again with the Ravens in the wide receiver position. And you know what? I don't know when it necessarily gets better. So they do have Thursday night on the road against Tampa Bay, who Tampa Bay hasn't looked like themselves. Right. But I think we all believe they'll figure it out at some point. You go on the road to face New Orleans, which in all honesty, Cincinnati should have lost that game. They found a little magic at the end to score two late touchdowns and have a defender fall down and let Jamar Chase run in the end zone. Um, you know, you, so you, you've got these games coming up. And, oh, by the way, the NFC East, which looked like, right. you know, an easy division to play, you've got three teams in that division that have their 5-1, and 4-2, and two, and 6-0. and oh. So, uh, you know, I don't know how easy things are going to be uh, against um, some of these other teams that you have that you're matched up with. But um, And then you've got all your divisional games left still, too, uh, outside of the one Cincinnati game. So, it there is a lot to look at with this, and if they don't get it figured out soon, the, the one good news or one thing that we can look at is that they're going to get healthy at the, in the pass rushing department over the next couple of weeks. And, again, you're asking a lot of Tyus Bowser to come right back 
off of an injury. Yep. And Ojabo, who we haven't seen yet, yep. you're asking a lot of them to come in and just produce right away instead of at least giving them time to figure things out. But I don't know, man. It's like there's, there is something to be said about the second half, and then it becomes like they can say what they want. Like, no, we're not thinking about it. No, it doesn't bother us. But the narrative gets written, and then all of a sudden that keeps getting brought up I mean, over and over and over It definitely again. seemed like it bothered Marlon Humphrey yesterday. Like, it definitely yeah. seemed like it impacted him. I, I don't believe, you know, I, I know Marlon Humphrey's kind of a strange guy sometimes, but I don't think he's that guy if he's not bothered by the fact that, you know, every the totality of everything that's happening. And then, you know, I don't, I try not to read into people's tweets too much, and I, I try not to be that guy, but. You know, he goes and yeah. he's mercurial at the um, at the press conference, and he drops this. You know, the definition of insanity is doing. I think I'm like, bro. That seems like a guy who's being impacted by this. That seems like a guy who can't just say, "Hey, I can dismiss it. All's good here." Um, that's the way it comes off. I, the the oh oh, hang on a second. Griffin's about to take his final bite of his burrito. He's about to finish his twenty eight dollar Taco Bell meal. You wanna you want some music in the background? Or <laughs> yeah something? yeah. Oh, oh, can I play? Uh, I'll play our sound. Uh, 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 Jeremy, can you sing like simply the best or something? Do you have a do you have a musical number prepared? Simply the best. Uh, better than all the rest. Look at that champion. Look at that champion. Look at our hero today. How is see my silver bullet right now. Um, but, hey, so, Glenn, how many items are actually in a twenty-eight dollar meal? Again, it, it was three diff- It was two tacos, one burrito, okay. nachos bel grande, and the fries yes. and the frozen drink. There were six drink, yeah. different things that he consumed. Does it seem like a lot for twenty-eight bucks, or do you feel like you overpaid for? If it? I'm being honest, I mean, when I looked at it, I said. It's not as much food as I, I thought it was going to be, but I'm still telling you that, like, like watching him do the totality of it, I would have tapped out some time ago. Some time ago, okay. the sweats would have set in. Like, I would have been – my health would have been in a bad place. But, again, I'm 20 years older than Griffin is. So, like, that, that's playing a role here with all of this. He's 22. Nothing, Literally nothing impacts him. He could eat an entire Taco Bell today, and he'd probably be all right. Like, he's, he's well, fine. Yeah, yeah, he's probably going to go out for lunch after the show's over. So, um. <laughs> that is the funniest part is he's going to mention that he's hungry at some point yeah. this afternoon. At some point this afternoon, so, he's going to be talking to somebody. He's like, you know, I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> can I tell you what my go-to is? Because I know they're a sponsor of the show now. Like, yes. Um, I, I DoorDash all the time because my lazy ass after working all my hours, when I get home, I don't feel like going back out. Okay. And I've been DoorDashing like Glory Days Grill. Like, Bro. Because there's one near me um, in Glen Burnie. Um, and... I feel like I door that. Like I'm, I've gone through every, every item on the German menu. For Dude, I, like, oh my god, it's become my go-to place to go to now. Pe- this, I'm so, I love you so much for doing this right now because people think that it's a bit with me. Like I just talk them up because they're a sponsor. I genuinely have gone to Glory Days Grill for years, like well yeah. before they ever spent any money with us. This was the place that I went. And when you talk about that, that, that damn Oktoberfest menu. I'm not kidding when I say everything on it is outstanding and I don't want it to go away. Like every single yeah. item on the freaking Oktoberfest menu is a ten and a half. The chicken schnitzel's great, the 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 sausage, the brewer sausage platter, the brewer sausage sandwich. Thank you for allowing me to do it. The, oh my god, the Bavarian burger on the pretzel bun. The bun and I don't even eat bread anymore. That bun is insanity. It's nuts. Yep. I don't know why it's going. You know away. how some people do the pretzel bun and it's just a regular bun exactly. and they put salt on it. They don't. It's, no, it's a pretzel bun. That's God. what they do. It's it's really good. Thank you. So. We we owe you. Uh, next glory days is on me. Glorydaysgrill.com is the website for you to get your order. I, and and then, like, look, I didn't say this. You didn't ask me to say it. 
I mean it because like I've literally gone through places that I like to eat and I never get tired of ordering from that place. My son said to me the other night, he's like, can we order from somewhere else? I said, everything I've gotten from there has been good. Like wow. I have no complaint. Wow. Uh, dude, I, yeah. I, I have housed smoky thigh wings. I've still said the smoky thigh wings at Glory Days with their Korean number two sauce, that combination you are going to be thanking God that you're alive at that point. Unlike Griffin, who's You're gonna going have to, to text that to me I because I, I've never been more upset that you haven't come over and tried my smoky thigh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely feel like I need a nap right now. That's I believe I that. feel heavy. I feel I, heavier. Yeah, Griffin's uh, gonna be thanking the porcelain god a little bit later on. It's <laughs> oh, the way that that is going to the go. Bubble guts. Oh, he's gonna walk around with mud butt all day long. Dude, There's no I'm, doubt about I'm, it. I'm I, like, I, I don't know where you are at this point in your life with trusting farts, but it's been very difficult for me in the last, like, I'd say, year or two of my life, to the point where I might have reached the age where I might never be able to trust a fart again in my life. Like, well, I, I, it, I think I've told this story before to you. Like, I now have what's called a, well, it, it's. It's not poop kit, but it's it's a sh kit, you know. Like so, I have one in the car in case something goes no. awry. No, it's it's a must where you have to have an extra pair of shorts, underwear, some baby wipes, and maybe even a towel if you have to sit on something if things go really awry. But wow. you know, like it's just it's a safety play. That is next level thinking, and I might have to get to the point where I too consider <laughs> leaving leaving said kit in my car just in case because. I, it, it, there are moments where I'm like, I am I am tempting fate right now. And I definitely end up doing the thing where I'm like, try to suck it in. And then like you're just in so much ungodly pain. You feel like you're going through childbirth. And all it really is is that you just have to poop. It, That's it. It's like having insurance for yourself, though. Because like you'll look at that kit sitting in your car and you'll go, man, it's been sitting in here for 300 days and I haven't had to use it. But that nope. one day nope. that you need it. It yep. makes up for all you of it. You don't get yep. rid of it. No doubt. You do not get rid of it. Only bad that's happening at that point. Uh, also, you know what? Oh, God, this is the age that we are. Um, I'm also dealing with the, the the how many drips at the end of a trip to the bathroom. Oh. How many shakes is too many shakes? Like, like, as soon as you put your underwear back on, it's wet in the front? That, I, what? What is that? What know. is it's that? Like playing games with me. What yeah. is going on there? And I don't know exactly when it happened. It's within the last two years that it occurred. And I'm telling you, there is no number that is a, a, a like I. It takes me so much longer a trip to the bathroom because I got it. There's got to be 20 drips afterwards. Like I have to. All right. We, it's, we, it's so weird. It's almost like I've made so much fun of how small he is that now he's, <laughs> he's trying to get revenge you. on me he's for mad. making me. He's yeah. mad at you. And and it's not my fault. I didn't make him that. Correct. Size. Blame my dad. Blame my mom. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. This this is what we're doing. This is what. Hey, uh, NBA, better than talking about the. Ratings. I agree with that. NBA season gets underway tomorrow night. Um, what it, like, I it, you know I am a tortured Phoenix Suns fan. Yes. We have no hope. Yeah. Correct. Like, well, there's no. It's like the, we, the the chance was two years ago against Milwaukee. They screwed it up. It's over now, right? It's, they just got to stay healthy. I mean, the team's there. It's assembled. Like you have your star in Devin Booker. You have. If you want to call him a leader in Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton is a—I mean—he's turning into a, a very good young player. Um, and then you've got the other pieces around it. Like I like Bridges, I like uh, Cam Johnson. I, so I, I do—I like the way that that team's assembled. But you know, I think the Nuggets are a scary team, and I keep talking about it. Like there, there was a list that was put up, and I'm a Mavs fan. But the way Luca looks in the playoffs as opposed to the regular season, it's almost like a—he—he. He, you know, the flip switches, and he goes from a guy that averages 26 points a game to a guy that averages 34 points a game. 
and it's like it, you're putting the best defenders on him. It doesn't matter. He just turns it to a whole new level. So I, they just need – the Mavericks need some help. I'm not telling you they're going to make a run, but I just think the West is loaded. Like, I don't even believe in Golden State, and I don't have a good reason to tell you why I don't believe in Golden State. I just think there's so many good teams out there. But I think my pick at the beginning of the year was the Nets and Nuggets, and I had the Nets winning it all. It can't be a great thing when your players are sucker-punching each other. That can't be a great sign about your ability to win a title, although – we had arguments of what a sucker punch is, and I'm like, look, guys, his hands were by his side. You don't ever think you're going to get in a fight in an MB- with a teammate in the NBA unless you slept with the guy's wife. Correct. You know, they were arguing over something. Words were said. And, yeah, the, the, the guy that throws the first punch is almost, unless everybody, you know, it's like 30 styles boxing and you put your dukes up. Uh, you know, like, that, that doesn't usually happen in a street fight. So somebody's going to get the first blow in, and it, Draymond just leapt at him and punched him. and. When's the last time you've seen that? And we haven't seen it on video from basketball nope. players in a long, long time. Nope, not at all. Rudy Tomjanovich in the eighties, maybe. Wow, you know, like wow, yeah, or wow, seventies. That would have been. Yeah, that yeah. was correct. All right, uh, what's coming up with the Big Bad Morning Show this week? Well, we're all in finally, so we'll we'll, we'll be talking Ravens Browns all week long. Kind of go through all the things with Major League Baseball playoffs, NBA, NHL. I mean, it, it's a great time to be a sports fan, and then gambling is going to be legal right around the corner. So. Um, I can't wait. All right, buddy. Love you. At JamieCon1057 on Twitter. Picks every day. PressBoxOnline.com. We'll talk to you next Monday. Monday. Ugh. All right, guys. I'll see you. See you, pal. JamieCon joining us here as he does every week on GCR. Oh, that was nice of him to do the uh, Glory Day spot for me. That was really <laughs> – I appreciate it a great deal. If you don't believe me, believe our friend Jeremy Kahn. Uh, by the way, I think uh, John Proctor and I might do a family date night to the, uh, the Japanese steakhouse because we were so excited talking about it. <laughs> And uh, right, have fun. I'm telling you, I, my kids, the first time I took them, lost it. Like, they were losing their minds. I mean, I still do. You know what really <laughs> it, what really happened is one night, we, I think we went, took them to the movies. Like, we might have gone to see the Toy Story movie or the terrible Buzz Lightyear movie. And as we were leaving the movie theater, we were like, well, we want to go get dinner. And so I said, oh, I bet they'd have a good time at the Japanese Steakhouse. Like, I bet they'd be all in. And sure enough, they were freaking the F out. So um, now Proctor's like, oh, I bet my kids would too. I'm like, yeah, they would, 100%. Because in fairness to Griffin, I still get excited by all of it. I don't care how many times I've seen it. I still want to watch the dude do the volcano bit. I still, every time, I want him to do all And no matter how many trips to the toilet I have to take. It's, it's very weird. It feels worth it. Uh, you're feeling, how are you feeling right now? I mean, I, I feel I definitely I feel sluggish. Sluggish, uh, yeah. Okay. Like, I feel. The sweats at all? No, no, not yet, not okay. yet. Okay, if you don't have the sweats, then yeah. stop. <laughs> But if, I mean, I feel, you, I feel, I feel bloated. If That's you like, don't, if you, if you haven't eaten so much that you're sweating about it, then you haven't eaten that much. Like I'm telling you, that's when I know is when it starts to make me sweat. Get out. Get yeah. done. Done. Goodbye. That nothing but good or nothing but bad. I mean, Jesus. yeah. So I mean, I guess. So I guess I could have fit more if I really oh, had to. The insanity but. of this. The insanity of it. All right, let's do slaps. Slaps brought to you today by the all new Ginsu Kamado Grill. <sighs> the jam as I like to call it. Ginsu Kamado Grill is the perfect ceramic home grill or tailgate for grilling, searing, baking, smoking, all kinds of food. You can order yours right now at ginsugrills.com. Use the code tailgate. Get $100 off your order. And if you're headed out of the game on Sunday, stop by the game day firehouse. Firefighters Union Hall, just west of the stadium, 1202 Ridgely Street. Try some food, enter to win your own Ginsu Kamado Ceramic Grill and $500 worth of grilling meats. Ginsugrills.com is the website. 
All right, you know the rules. Five Ravens, rank them five to one, most deserving of scorn, but among those five Ravens, two of them have to be offensive players, two of them have to be defensive players, and the fifth can be whatever you like. Another uh, offensive player, another defensive player, a special teams player, or a coach. Seems like everybody was too beat up by the loss yesterday. We have not had nearly as much response as we normally do, uh, but that's okay. And most people that have responded have cheated, so it's not going to be my favorite week for Slaps of the Helmet. Uh, but let's go over ours. Uh, I will begin number five for me, and you're going to find a theme with my list. My number five is Marcus Peters, who I didn't think played a bad game, but I think we all know third and goal, that was critical. That was crushing. And while it wasn't egregious, it definitely was a penalty. Like, there's no getting around that. Like, to try to make it seem like that was a, oh, that was a ticky-tack foul. No, that was a good, that was a good call. That's what that was. Now, there should have been, obviously, on the third and goal for the Ravens earlier in the game, there absolutely should have been a foul called on that play. And if you want to say, hey, if you didn't call it there, you shouldn't call it here, okay, I'll listen. But the Ravens just needed an incompletion right there. They get an incompletion. I believe it was third and three from the six. The Giants are extraordinarily unlikely to go for it. They're going to kick a field goal. The game's going to be tied. And, you know, you kind of get dictate from that point. So that's a critical penalty. Critical. Can't happen. Um, Marcus Peters was very high on the list last week, deservingly so. He has to be on the list this week because you just can't have that in that moment. He's my number five. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I'm going to have a theme on my list as well. Marcus Peters did not make my list, but he was definitely almost did along with OA. Um, but I'm going with number five. I'm going with Patrick Queen because it's just – and it'll be this will be what the theme of my list is, and it's just first-round picks that are – not that have not been good, I, I, and and Queen. I, has I think you're taking out your frustration of something. Patrick Queen didn't have a bad game yesterday. Like I think you're taking out. I think you are blinded by how much you don't like Patrick Queen. That you're no longer reasonably considering who deserves to be on the list each week. Well, I think the defense had a solid day, and uh, and so that's why Queen is going to end up on my list because he didn't do. I mean, he. I mean, it, it, it's kind of a, it's more of a more of what he ha- what he's done and hasn't done this throughout the season. But there are legitimate and... choices for guys that can make the list based on what happened in the football game yesterday. Like that's the problem with this list is that like the list is supposed to be about the game. Right. If Patrick Queen mm. did something egregious during the course of the game, then I'd tell you, you know, it deserves to be on the list. But critical penalties, and the other guy that's going to pop up is going to be my number four, is Adafi Owe, who, again, I don't think he had a terrible day by any stretch of the imagination. I don't know that anybody defensively had a terrible day. But in the margins and how they lost the football game, they had the Giants face with a fourth down. I'm going to guess the Giants would have gone for it, but they would have given them themselves the opportunity to get off the field at that point. Instead, Adafi Owe insanely commits a penalty that gives them 15 yards and helps shuffle them towards points. That's critical in a football game. And again, on a day where I agree with you, I don't think anybody particularly played poorly defensively. I don't think that it was a bad day. I have to pick out the guys whose errors, whose lapses, most stood out in conspiring for the Ravens to lose. So... The, the easy part to me was defensively because Marcus Peters and Adafi Owe both committed killer penalties. Killer. Absolutely cannot happen penalties that played direct roles in how the Ravens lost the football game. Gotcha. So the defense was much harder for me because I thought everyone had a good day. So And I left Peters and Owe off of my list because because even though they had those egregious penalties... I, I what they bring to the team in the defense is still more that's than a, that's a totality of the season conversation. That's not a what happened yesterday conversation. 
And then so well, so number four is me, Kyle Hamilton, another first round pick that has been disappointing. I mean, I, he pl- he's still he's playing less than half of the snaps defensively, and I mean he's just not getting it done. Again, and I think it's a totality of the season thing. You're not really talking about he barely played yesterday. Like you're not really talking about what happened yesterday. I I, I get the frustration that you're feeling about these players, but like we're having two different conversations. If I said, hey, who deserves a slaps of the helmet for the most part for six weeks? I think those two guys would absolutely be candidates for six weeks. From yesterday, I don't see it. This is the first time I think you've done a bad list. Okay. I think you're instead of looking at one game and what happened in that one game, I think you're sort of taking out the frustration. And again, if they were to to the point, if there weren't these obvious things that were that were detrimental to the Ravens losing, I'd be more willing to listen. Or if there was a play that you went back and looked at and said, dude, on 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 the play that set up this touchdown, Kyle Hamilton lost this guy. Like it was like if you could point out like a then I think that that would be more, I don't know, meaningful. Right, okay, I understand. I, I understand it, your... It, it's coming off more just like, I'm frustrated with these guys, so it kind of doesn't matter what happened in the game because I decided I'm going to go after these guys because of it. Like, that is, yeah, you're right. That um, is kind of how I feel. And and, uh, and, and I, Peters and Owe didn't have great games, but I don't, I mean, nobody really had a great game defensively. Nobody had a horrible game. Nobody had such a good game that it overcomes critical errors. It, Critical. Yesterday, the Ravens lost in the margins, right? They didn't get outplayed. They lost in the margins. They made critical errors. The Giants didn't when the game was on the line. So the guys that committed the critical errors are the ones that end up being on my list because that's how they lost the game. The reason why we're doing slaps and not pats is because they committed critical errors. And literally, everybody on my list is someone who committed a critical error yesterday. Only one of which I would say on the whole had a bad, meh, maybe two. Like, I don't think there were Ravens that had bad games for the most part yesterday. I don't think there were many. But the critical errors ended up being the story of the football game yesterday. And so that's what my list is, is guys that can – number three is Pat Ricard. It's not just the two false starts, obviously, which, you know, I thought Brandon Noble did a nice job of kind of explaining more about that. But he's the one that's got to cover up Ronnie Stanley. I don't know how that happens. I, again, I I wouldn't be in a good place to make sure that I got that right because I'm not a football player. But Pat Ricard is and is a well-paid football player. He's got to know I've got to make sure Ronnie Stanley's covered up. I've got to make sure that I'm lined up where I need to be lined up because we're faced with third and inches and a chance to grind the game away. And that that set the Ravens back and they came unglued. Pat Ricard, for the most part, is a very helpful piece for the Baltimore Ravens. Someone that I think we've actually said we're confused as to why they haven't used him in more short yardage situations this season. But yesterday, his critical errors were costly for this football team. And in again, going back and figuring out how they lost the game, it's those errors that were their undoing. Pat Ricard's my number three. My number three, another first round pick. I went with Tyler Linderbaum. The botch snap. Tyler Linderbaum definitely was, deserves to be on the list. Yeah. So There's he no the, the botch snap was absolutely brutal, and the fact that uh, so then you go go you go to fast forward to Sunday Night Football and you see AJ Brown running all over the Cowboys defense, sure. and I'm thinking, you know, why didn't we make a trade like that? Hey man, look, I'm I'm with you, and uh, I'm with you. It's and so when he's another underwhelming first round pick, and he and he and well, there is a specific a, play that he, boy, had. he that he, one. And by the way, he's number two on my list. Um, it's it's a very different conversation. Tyler Linderbaum has played well. Like it's the part that we kind of all missed. Like he's actually blocked well 
this season. The things that people saw about Tyler Linderbaum, like, you get it. You can watch him in blocking and watch the film and say, oh, I see it. Like, I see what it is that you're saying that made you so high on him. The problem being, when you decided to draft a center in the first round, you were committing to him being your center. You were committing to him in that moment. There was no room for, well, he's going to have time to develop. Or No, he has to be your – you can't take a center in round one if he's not immediately going to be playing. So you made that decision. Bradley Bozeman did not cost all that much. You could have brought him back, and he was pretty good. I'm still kind of flummoxed by that whole thing. And maybe, you know, he misplayed his hand, and his agent thought he was worth a certain amount on the market, and the Ravens knew he wasn't worth a certain amount on the market, and then he kind of had to put his tail between the le- his legs and had to take the deal that he had to take. It. I don't know. I don't know. I love Bradley, so I, I can't speak to this. But I do know that you made the decision that you made. So while, yes, we can see some good things with Tyler Linderbaum, and the snap earlier in the year was not really his fault. That was really more Lamar's fault. The thing yesterday, snapping the ball early – it's the type of error you just can't have, ever. You can't have it. And you don't get to say, well, he's a rookie. You use a first-round pick on the guy. It had to be because he was ready to play now. If he wasn't ready to play now, you needed to have another plan at center. Tyler Linderbaum, extraordinarily deserving, based on that critical error. I, I think that we've been, because you don't have statistics for offensive linemen, it's easier to only remember the bad things and miss out on a lot of the good that he's done. He has There are reasons to believe that Tyler Linderbaum is becoming a player, but nothing excuses that. You don't ever get to excuse that critical error in a massive moment in a football game. There's no excuse for it whatsoever. doesn't matter if you're a rookie. doesn't nothing. You were the one that made the error. Tyler Linderbaum's number two on my list. My number two, I went with Lamar Jackson. Because I can't, I can't believe he's yeah. not number one. Yeah. Well, uh, you'll I'll explain my number one. Um, but yeah, I mean Lamar, you just two horrible turnovers, and yeah, we can't. I mean, the story of the game yesterday was Lamar Jackson. This is the problem. The story is that that cannot, in any circumstance, happen. It can't. It goes back to a lot of the other throws that he's gotten away with that. You can't make. You can't make these throws off your back foot. You can't make these just because you, you, you're you capable of doing it doesn't make it acceptable. You're asking for disaster. And I get it. He was blown up on the sack. And in a little bit of a way, there's something to be said for what the hell is he supposed to do there? The easy answer is you're supposed to get down. But you're going into that drive saying, well, whatever we do, we can't give up sacks. We can't, we can't leave the clock running. We got to we got to be moving forward. So you're hell-bent to try to make a play when you get the ball back in those circumstances. I'm not trying to make excuses for Lamar, but I, I, I get why he's not thinking. On third down, he's not thinking about throwing the ball away because if he throws the ball away, the drive's over. He's thinking about trying to make a play. He's trying to make plays. But in the process of trying to make plays, you commit you know, game-ending errors. It's the end of it. I mean, that's the end of it. Lamar Jackson is the biggest storyline in what happened for the Ravens to lose the game yesterday. He's number and, one. And uh, so my number one is how I'm going to try to attempt to make what the other storyline should be. And so my number one is Eric DaCosta. He's the one that constructed this team yeah. and built a team with no wide receivers. It's why Lamar Jackson is sprinting around and and his, and trying to throw the ball, fit the ball to, like, what, double, triple covered Pat Ricard on third down. 
It gets picked off. That's why he's running around for seven seconds, because he, he knows whoever he's throwing it to, unless it's number 89, he has no faith whatsoever. And, uh... So I, I I'm and and then it, and it highlights the other the other first round picks that I put on my list. It, he's the one that's constructed this team, and no one no one is really getting it done that he that he that he has put on this team. And uh, and the the one defense is that I saw somebody they put out the uh, who the Ravens free agents what what has happened to the Ravens free agents and they're all on IR right now. Um, so I mean that's one defense for it because Marcus Williams is down. Uh, who Juwan it, James yeah. and, and Kyle Fuller? Look, and it, it's a it's a tough thing because I have typically tried to make it so that we didn't do we like it was only game day personnel that we put on the list, right? Like that it, again, you're taking out the frustrations on a bigger picture issue and not like the, the idea is we're reacting to the game, right? Um, so in the future, let's try not. I, okay. I get okay. your point, but again, this is supposed to be about what happened in the game, um, like you know. Last year would have blamed what the doctors something like that. Like we're trying to re- the game was played. We watched it. We're trying to react to the game. I understand what it is that you're saying, and I look. It's I have a huge problem right now. I wrote a column about it today for PressBoxOnline.com. I don't understand what the Ravens' philosophy was from the off season to in season. I'm very confused by it because they have no identity, and I don't know what they were doing and how we're in this position. I just. It's a different conversation for me than when we do slaps. Slaps to me is the game that happened, what decisions that were made, like in the context of the sixty minutes. You know, how did it play out? How did they lose? Like that's more of what we do. I'm not. You did it for this week. It's fine, but it, just moving it. forward. Hopefully, I don't have a chance to, uh, to 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 make a better slaps list. Hopefully, they. Uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be nice. It'd be nice if we didn't do slaps again. That would be really, really nice. All right, we'll get it up at glennclarkradio.com a little bit later on. When we come back in, tidbit tubular, wind down the day. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today stand the fan here welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors the costas inn and everybody around baltimore knows the costas inn is a great place to go and grab crabs steaks salads soups whatever's on your mind to eat in person but did you know that the costas inn has upped their game they are now one of the premier takeout places in baltimore give them a call now to order your food 410 477 1975. That's the Costas Inn over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens tight end Mark Andrews' path to NFL stardom from his late decision to play the sport full-time through having to overcome type 1 diabetes and more. Also, inside, we introduce you to football players at Maryland, Navy, Towson, and Morgan State. And we give you everything you need to know for betting football this season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of demos, ravens, and terps at pressboxonline.com. 
The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing, we'll take a a three-and-a-half-star review, too. All right, back in here as we wind down for a Monday edition of the program. Griffin has paid off his bet. He has three, he's 0-3 when we've made side bets this year. We're going to try to do one more with KZ this week, the uh, the 7-Up Milk thing that Nick Kelly suggested. So we'll see if KZ can come in at some point next week. If he can't, then he can't be involved, and you and I will just do it. If he can, then all three of us will be in for uh, Thursday. But we'll do another side bet. You'll get your opportunity. All right, all you keep right. asking to go double or nothing. Yeah. I think, and you keep swinging and missing. I think uh, hopefully, I think we'll be better off because um, when when we go like back to back, when we go right after I yeah. lose, I think I have a like after I have a bad week, I come okay. back like a little bit stronger. We'll so see. that's kind of why I've been uh, losing. And we have to figure out how much of the seven up milk yeah. thing because it can't just be like sipping and a trying it. Yeah, I don't know about a gallon. I don't know about that. We'll figure out a number though. Like a we'll quart? Figure, I, guess. I don't know. Whatever. We'll figure out a number, and that'll be what you have to consume of this Seven Up Milk thing. If you guys have suggestions, uh, John Little Rock, you're normally good at this, although um, you you thought this was nothing today. Uh, you guys have suggestions for how much Seven Up Milk combo the loser should consume? Let us know because that'll be our next side bet. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by the Tyus Bowser Show, which, as I mentioned earlier, we are off this week. I'm sorry. It's not on Tyus. It's on Rita and I. So we're skipping this week's show, but we'll be back on November 1st for the next Tyus Bowser Show, Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill. Looking forward to being there. Uh, Looking forward to seeing another part of town uh, with Tyus and his special guest. What you need to do is visit pressboxonline.com slash Bowser if you want more information, but what you really need to do is just come join us at Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill on November 1st. Uh, it's all brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. The Tyus Bowser Show is a partnership of Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia. All right, so this one on Oscar Gonzalez. He now had, he's now tied for the most career go-ahead hits in the ninth inning or later in postseason history. Uh, with three, and he is tied with. Uh, I'll, I'll just give them to you. I wasn't this wasn't going to be my right. question. Uh, but Pete Rose, David Ortiz, J.D. Drew, Carlos Correa, and Cody Bellinger. They all have three, which are, which I thought was which is like a very interesting, like because there's a lot of uh, you know kind of recent guys. But I guess it's just because I guess a lot of people just I, don't get hits late or, or I don't, historically I don't hadn't. I don't know. Um, but then he joins uh, the 2004 David Ortiz as the only one to have three in a single postseason. That is Oscar Gonzalez of the Cleveland Guardians, looking to maybe maybe he can add a fourth tonight. Uh, maybe he can. That's maybe. I would I would be in maybe. favor of it for me the too. record. Me too. I would be a big fan of that happening. Uh, and then one on Aaron Judge, who now has four postseason games with four or more strikeouts against the Cleveland against the Cleveland baseball team alone, and that is uh, extremely notable because no other player in Major League Baseball history has four career postseason Golden Sombreros than Aaron Judge. 
which is uh, I, I, mean, mean, I don't know another that, another another interesting. It doesn't, but yeah, I know that doesn't. It's just it's just a just a stat that's out there. But it, uh, it's a it's a weird bit. A lot of a lot of hand wringing about um, Yankees fans booing Aaron Judge yeah. in Game Two. Um, Hopefully he leaves. Like, like yeah. yeah, that right. That seems a little over the top. I didn't seem like it was everybody. It seemed like it was a number of Yankees fans, and you know, kind of f them. It's a weird thing. I I I really sensed down the stretch of the season that this was getting to him, right? Like that he was pressing about this fake record, and that it impacted him in a weird way. Obviously, it cost him the triple crown, which. I don't know, to me, was more meaningful than having a fake record that, again, is not real. And it seems like it's still sort of lingering over him, like that he was struggling. He was trying to swing out of the zone because he was trying to swing at anything that might be close to give himself an opportunity to hit more home runs. And in the process, he just sort of seems off. Like he just, it seems like this really impacted him in some sort of way. Now there's time, right? If they win the night, they get another series for me try to fix it all but um god it would be really great if they didn't it would just be wonderful if they did not win tonight uh eagles they've been great holding leads this season they're the fifth team in the last 35 seasons to not trail in the second half of their first six games and two of the prior four went on to win the super bowl Good omens for no the Philadelphia chance. Eagles. No chance. Oh, you're asking me if I know or not? Oh, no, 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 oh, no, okay. no, 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 Because I don't I actually didn't find yeah, that out myself either. <laughs> Just saw it was there. And then uh, Josh Allen threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions. That was the 12th game of that specific stat line in his career. Ties Jim Kelly for the most in Bills history. Okay. Also puts him tied for 11th on the all-time list of most games with 300 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. Uh, so I will go ahead and ask you. Top five. Who are the top five quarterbacks with the most games of 300 yards? I'm going to guess it's touchdowns. not Brett Favre. Just gonna uh, be it a, is not Brett Favre, but that. he does have 14 of such games. That's really surprising because mm-hmm. he threw a lot of interceptions mm-hmm. in his career, so that's really surprising. Uh, Brady. Brady is number one. and if, if you include playoffs, he is number one, which I am including playoffs. Uh-huh. Uh, he is number one. If okay. uh, they, it, w- it would technically be a different guy if it was just regular season. So I'm doing, but Brady has top five. F- correct. 41 for Tom Brady, which is the most. Uh, Peyton. Peyton is number four with 26. 26 games with no interceptions, three touchdowns, 300 passing yards. Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner is a good guess, but he's a guy that Josh Allen just jumped because Kurt Warner has 11. Drew Brees. Drew Brees is number two. If you were doing just regular season, he'd be number one. But he is number two on the including postseason games with 40. So, uh, and Brady, so Brady actually just recently jumped him because okay. he had a game earlier this season where he had. Oh, congratulations to him. What did we yeah. do? Did we have a? Did we stop the game? <laughs> did we? What do we? How do we handle that? Uh, th- no, we definitely didn't. Earn Rogers. Earn Rogers, number three. 35 and such games. Phil Rivers. Close. Phil Rivers has 12. But not top five. This guy has 20 games. Dan Fouts. Not Dan Fouts. John Elway. Not John Elway. Dan Fouts has seven. Um, Elway. Wow, Elway has less than seven. Mm, that guy sucked. Yeah. Good thing the, the Colts traded him. He sucked. Um... Somehow it's already Patrick Mahomes. Uh, it is not Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes has 16. He will be well on his way to this list. Um, I don't, man, I really don't know. Matt Ryan. Not Matt Ryan. He is 14. Uh, Marino. 
Not Marino. He has uh, uh, Montana. Not Montana. Uh, boy, Reno is seven. I, I, so Ro- Roethlisberger. There you go, number five, Ben Roethlisberger. He did throw enough picks that I didn't think it was mm. going to be him. Um, and he is get he is getting chased down by Kirk Cousins, who has eighteen, and Pat Mahomes has sixteen. Just a bunch of ho- right but just him. a bunch of Hall of Famers that mm-hmm. we're talking about. Just a bunch of Hall of Famers: Breeze, Rogers, Brady, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Kirk Cousins. Just all. Hall of Fame quarterbacks that we're discussing on this list. Hell of a group. All right, Tubular brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the best place to watch and bet on every sporting event. If you had a tough day yesterday, Packers hurt you, the Ravens hurt you, just turn around, get it back tonight. Monday Night Football, baby, Chargers-Broncos. Broncos probably won't score a point. Go down, get your money back tonight. FanDuel Sportsbook, Live Casino and Hotel, Maryland. Email events at sportssocialnd.com to reserve your spot. Here's coming up totally tubular. As I mentioned, Monday Night Football, Chargers-Broncos on ESPN. I don't believe there's a Mannings uh, tonight either. So ESPN at 8.15 for that. Game 5, Guardians-Yankees, 7 o'clock on TBS. Aaron Savale and Jamison Tyon, the pitching matchup. Maryland soccer uh, tonight's on High Point tonight at 7. Big Ten Network Plus. MLS playoffs continue tonight. Inter-Miami, NYCFC at 7. Minnesota United, FC Dallas at 9.30. Capitals at home against the Canucks, 7 o'clock on NBC Sports Washington. The USA Network for WWE Monday Night Raw at 8. Non-sports highlights. Uh, No, not really. Um, okay. Finale of, well, I know, well, actually, you do care about this one. It's Chefs versus Wild. The finale on Hulu. What is it? The Chefs versus Wild, the one I talked about a couple weeks ago. Oh, where they're, right, they're, yeah, they're yeah, out. Yeah. They're out in the wilderness. Nope, don't have to cook nope, a five star nope, meal. Nope. Nope. And then uh, the Val Part Two is on HBO at nine tonight. Um, it's the 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 sex cult doc- documentary about oh, Keith I, I Rainier. Was, I was kind of interested in that. Nexium. Yeah, I haven't watched it, but I was kind of. Was the name of the cult? Yeah. Okay. So that, that um, That's it. Could be interesting. Yeah. All right. Very that good. is it. That is it. Very though. good. Thanks today to Brandon Noble. Thanks also to Eric Edholm and to Jeremy Kahn. We'll get it all up in the greatest hit section of the tab at glenclarkradio.com. Anything? Uh, simply the best. Joe Serpico. Stuffing things on the program tomorrow. Thanks, everybody, Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the Baltimore County Police Department, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Maryland Five Star. Congratulations to them on a great event this weekend. Guilford Hall Brewery, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Have a great Monday night. Go nobody in particular. Duke sucks. Oh, no, go Guardians. Go Guardians. Let's all get behind that. Go Guardians. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too.